is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, The Monty Show, back with you. Happy Monday. Holy cow, what a huge day in the Michigan football cheating scandal. We have all of those details for you, and there are multiple breaking uh, news stories related to Michigan football. We'll get to that after I remind you. The Monty Show is always presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. The Advocates, where you never pay a penny to talk to an attorney. In fact, you can talk to an attorney for free right now, and it won't cost you a dime at theadvocates.com, where you never pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. Big, big news out of Ann Arbor today. Uh, And I guess we'll start with uh, Ward Manuel, the athletic director at Michigan, announced just moments ago via the tweet machine that he will not be going to the college football playoff uh, committee uh, tomorrow uh, to vote on the rankings, here is a statement from Ward Manuel uh, through Michigan. Quote, I want to provide an update regarding my participation with the college football playoff committee this week. I will not be traveling to our weekly meeting in Dallas. Instead, I will stay in Ann Arbor attending to important matters regarding the ongoing investigation into our football program. I look forward to being back in the room with my fellow committee members next week and every week through the end of the season. Wow, the responsibility and the privilege that it is to serve the college football playoff committee for Ward Manuel to pass on that opportunity for a week is seismic. And I don't think that we can make too much out of this. And I know that people have a high burnout factor for these stories. But I am telling you now that this story is the single biggest story in Michigan football history as we speak. There is real opportunity now that Jim Harbaugh may be suspended for the rest of the regular football season as soon as Wednesday. And I think some of the evidence of that is Ward Manuel not going to the college football playoff committee meeting tomorrow. I have never seen that before in the short history of the college football playoff where an athletic director who has a vote at the table to determine who's going to the college football playoff, and that would include his Michigan Wolverines, is saying we have so much controversy here in Ann Arbor that I cannot be peeled away from school to go to Dallas for a day. Jake, I think that speaks volumes to the gravity of this scandal. Absolutely. And I I think that, you know, Ward Manuel is doing everything that he needs to do uh, to see this thing through. And and I think that, you know, anytime someone gives up opportunity because they have responsibility at home, you, you, you begin to understand how significant that sacrifice is. And I think that, you know, Michigan is, is sort of at the, you know, I would say the climax of this particular situation, you know, the, the, the big 10, uh, you know, has notified Michigan of of the allegations. Uh, that no, that that notice did not include what punishment would be. So the idea that Ward Manuel is going to stay back from his meeting with the college football playoff committee says to me that hey, w- w- you know, we understand that we've been noticed. We have to now, you know, plan and put together our next steps forward. 
And that to me is why you would skip the college football playoff committee meeting because you understand, okay, here's what's about to happen. Uh, we have until Wednesday to respond to that notice and we need to understand what we want to do moving forward. And so to me, I, I, it is a big deal that he's not going to the college football playoff meeting because that is a absolutely a, a, an honor to be on that committee. So the idea that he would stay back to handle this, I, I would agree, speaks volumes about where we're at in this situation and, and the severity and the seriousness uh, of the, the timeline and where things are at. Yeah, and I think uh, Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti giving notice to Michigan um, of this investigation and essentially telling Michigan, as we broke exclusively here on the Monty Show last week, uh, that Tony Petiti was going to meet with Michigan administration. He did that on Friday. Um, I am told in that meeting that they did discuss penalties um, and the potential of penalties while those discussions were not specific, i.e., hey, we're thinking about a two-game, a four-game, a year-long. There was no specifics, but I am told Tony Petiti and Michigan administration, in fact, did talk about the possibilities that there would be a suspension of Jim Harbaugh. And I think that is the minimum that we are looking at in this situation. You look at the fact that Tony Petiti gave uh, notice to Michigan of these allegations. They talked about the situation in person on Friday. Uh, I am told that Tony Petiti did, in fact, have a call with the presidents of the Big Ten over the weekend where he heard from each individual president uh, where they talked openly about this situation. I am told that today, Tony Petiti, um, and I would guess that it was in the last two hours, Tony Petiti did convene a call with the NCAA over this, after which he noticed Michigan, which is the proper procedure. Um, now, I believe Nicole Orabak at The Athletic reported that he has two days now to hear back from Michigan. The overwhelming sentiment, I am told, is that there will be action uh, Wednesday or Thursday, which is right on the timeline. And I think that's what's being widely reported at this point. But our sources are telling us that the Big Ten is likely to give Jim Harbaugh in Michigan a four-game suspension, which makes a lot of sense. I think the Big Ten is trying to cover its bases. Suspending Jim Harbaugh for four games is very different than taking Michigan out of the postseason which I don't think the Big Ten and Tony Petiti, from what I understand, is willing to do at this point. I think Tony Petiti wants to act and do something of significance with this sign-stealing scandal. I think something of significance would be removing Jim Harbaugh from the equation for the rest of the Big Ten season. No, what I did not say for the rest of the football season. I think Tony Petiti will suspend, or I am told is considering suspending, and I want to get that right, I am told that Tony Petiti is considering a four-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh. That would cover the last three games of the regular season and a potential Big Ten championship game for Michigan. That would be, I was also told over the weekend, a complete suspension. It would not be Jim just can't be at the game on Saturday. It would be no contact, no contact whatsoever throughout the week for Jim Harbaugh for an entire month with Michigan football. He would be eligible if and when Michigan is given a postseason berth. They would be allowed, if qualified, to play in the Big Ten championship game. So the punishment here would be to Jim Harbaugh. It would not be to Michigan football per se. It would be a four-game suspension of Jim Harbaugh, not of Michigan football. And I think, Jake, that's cutting the that is cutting the pie as best you can if you mm -hmm. are the Big Ten. 
I mean, you are still trying to make that money because don't forget, there is a lot of money at stake for the Big Ten if Michigan does not qualify for the college football playoff. We're talking about a minimum of $6 million. And I think that is significant no matter how you slice it. And I think when you look at Tony Petiti, he is trying to soothe all parties here, in my opinion. If you simply act against Jim Harbaugh and you allow Michigan to continue to play games, Jake, I think that really satisfies everybody who's calling for somebody's head. Yeah, and and, and I think that you, yeah, you have to have someone get suspended, and and it's a tough position to be in for for Tony Petiti. I mean, you know, you have the responsibility of the overall health of your conference, but you also have the responsibility uh, of saving face for your conference. Like you, you, there there are multiple angles to play from here if you're Tony Petiti, which is why I think we haven't seen a suspension yet. Because what does that really say? Tony's got to go around to all the member institutions and figure out what exactly everybody wants to do, which is precisely what we heard last week, right? You guys remember, hey, all the the, the member institutions in the Big Ten want, want Michigan and specifically want Jim Harbaugh suspended. They want punishment for him. So, yes. so now we're hearing, hey, you know, they notice Michigan and therefore notice Jim and Michigan and Jim have two days. Obviously, today's Monday. They have till Wednesday to respond. And so, yeah, it would seem like a logical step that Jim would get four games, but I I'm curious if that does indeed happen, what the NCAA will do about this, because I think for the NCAA, this is a bigger problem than just simply, Oh, well, Jim, you know, ran some sign stealing scheme and it's no big deal. And it's four games and we're, we're good. See you later. Like, I don't think the NCAA is just going to leave it at that. And I think, the Big Ten is going to punish Jim, and I think the NCAA is going to punish the Big Ten. And I think that, unfortunately, is the pecking order of discipline. And I don't know, you know, when that punishment would come down. I don't know. Like, in my opinion, the just thing to do would be to take Michigan out of the college football playoff. But obviously, I don't think we're going to see that happen at this point. So that's why I say, if you're Tony Petiti, you're just trying to, you know, quell everybody. You're you're just trying to say, okay, what does everybody think is fair what do we want to do about this? I'm the commissioner. I work for you guys. That's all he's trying to do. Yeah, and I think that's why he's been so, I'm not going to say public, but it's not private. It's very public knowledge. He's met with the athletic directors. He met with Michigan. He's met with the presidents. He's met with the coaches. He's talked to everybody. Yes. He has gotten opinions from all corners of the Big Ten universe. I think he's prepared to act and I think he is absolutely following the Big Ten bylaws in the in the sporting sportsmanship, unsportsmanlike activity code, uh, which allows him to punish uh, somebody for unsporting conduct. He has to give 48 hours notice of that unsporting conduct. He has done that to Michigan. The next step is punishment. And I want to make this clear. I've confirmed it several different ways, excuse me. That unsportsmanlike policy. It does not simply say he only gets to suspend Jim Harbaugh for two games. I think this is a big point of misinformation across the sports world. Tony Petiti, if he has the backing of Big Ten presidents, can suggest a penalty, they can approve it, that penalty will be handed down. Tony Petiti is not in any way, shape, or form bound to simply suspend Jim Harbaugh for two games. And I think it is a nice round number that he would suspend him for four games, three to the further remaining season, and then one for the Big Ten championship game. It makes all the sense in the world. 
And I think it's exactly what they should be doing. I think the difficulty here is, are all of the reports, and I think Brett McMurphy had this first today, I could be wrong, but everybody talking about how Michigan will take legal action. Man, I think that is a very difficult step for Michigan to take. My guess is that they would ask for an injunction that would, you know, hold this, hold this, you know, the suspension up until a court case can be heard or a hearing can be had. I think you're only doing bad things for the Big Ten because the the bigger issue here is what people believe the rule is. And, and I can't say this any more clearly. It doesn't matter if Jim Harbaugh knew. It doesn't matter because the NCAA has made it very clear. If the head coach didn't know, he's being fired because he should have known. He's being penalized because he should have known. It's not a matter of did Jim Harbaugh have knowledge in this case, let's say allegedly of what Connor Stallions was doing. It doesn't matter. Connor Stallions was acting on behalf and for the benefit of Michigan football. So it's Jim Harbaugh's responsibility to know what they are doing. And if you are the Big Ten, what you are trying to do is take as little damage from this financially as possible. Because Michigan is a valuable football partner of yours. And you need Michigan in the postseason. You need Michigan in the college football playoff. Because we're going to talk about the AP Top 25 coming up. Ohio State's not getting very much love in the AP Top 25. And the concern now is, if you are the Big Ten, if you take action against Michigan, and let's say they lose a game or they lose two games, because they have two very big games coming up, Penn State and Ohio State, mind you are coming up here in the next three weeks. If they lose two of those three games, they're out. And then if Ohio State isn't getting the love that they deserve, you could be shut out of the college football playoff. That is a very real risk that the Big Ten is running. And I don't care how you slice it. You go from a minimum of $6 million to no dollars for the college football playoff, that's a lot of jack, dude. And there's no way to substitute that. This is a critical moment in time. So for all of the Michigan fans out there watching this show, because we know you're here, you're in the comments section. Let's make something very clear. This isn't a witch hunt. This isn't the NCAA and everybody else hates Michigan football. Jim Harbaugh has been caught, in my opinion, with his hand in the cookie jar because every day the evidence gets worse. There's more and more evidence that comes out. You understand now this Connor Stallion Central Michigan story we're going to detail in a minute. It's almost now, thanks to ESPN and facial recognition, it's almost now not in dispute that Connor Stallions was on the Central Michigan sideline. Facial recognition. It is almost not in dispute that Michigan benefited from an illegal sign-stealing operation. It's almost not in dispute. And it's getting more difficult to defend Jim Harbaugh as the days go on. And I just remind you, when the NCAA considers penalties and the Committee on Infractions considers penalty, past behavior is a very big consideration in the final deliberation. And when you figure out that Jim's already got pending level one violations, pending level two violations, he's got an FBI investigation on campus, and now he's in the middle of what could be the most fatal blow, this sign-stealing cheating operation. This is going in the wrong direction for Michigan football. 
And I can only imagine if you're a Michigan football fan and you're a Jim Harbaugh fan. I can only imagine these are difficult days for you. But makes one thing very clear. If Jim Harbaugh was fired today, Michigan would be in a far better place tomorrow. And I think that's something that Michigan football fans have to really look at. You're still one of the premier jobs in the country. Why are you fighting for this guy? And I feel like over the last two weeks, we've asked you this question every single show. Why are you fighting for Jim Harbaugh? Not a Michigan fan in the world wants to answer that question because there is no good answer for it. The guy has damaged you. He is driving your integrity into the ground. And I'm trying to understand, what are you fighting for? Because the minute you fire him, the penalties go way down for Michigan. Way down for Michigan. And you're going to get the best available head coach to come and coach your football program. So I don't understand what you're doing fighting for this guy. Man, it's tough. I, I, it's emotional for Michigan fan. Uh, it you is. Know, Michigan fan is Jim, is, Jim is Michigan royalty. Jim is, you know, Michigan Superman, if you will. And I think Michigan fan is, is, is in the middle of this thing. Uh, as much as any college football fan could be in the middle of any college football situation. And I think that, that you know, for Michigan fan, it, it, it is, I imagine, somewhat heartbreaking to see Jim being this guy. Because you don't, I, I mean, I don't care, you know, who you're a fan of. You don't want your, your, your sports guy to be a villain. But that's what Jim kind of is here. I mean, Jim is somebody who who, as we've detailed over the past couple of weeks, is a red ass with the media. He's someone who is not, you know, a fan favorite outside of Ann Arbor. He's not, you know, he's not some, you know, everybody loves this guy type of personality. He's not that guy. And I think that's what's difficult about this whole thing is that is that Jim is someone who has you in the college football playoff conversation but does not have you in the national championship conversation. And unfortunately, the college football playoff is expanding. So your odds of getting to the national championship game are not getting better. They're getting worse. And I think for Michigan fan, you're sitting here saying, man, like, uh, you know, who, who, who can we hire to, to, you know, keep us at the same level or improve? And I think that takes us right back to the point of who are you? Well, you're Michigan football. You're a premier brand. So I, I, I think that, there would be a bunch of dudes uh, that would want to oh. to come in and coach Michigan football. So I, I think I think the number one candidate would be Matt Campbell at Iowa State. I mean, I think he he would be the first call. Mike Elko at Duke would mm -hmm. have to be one of the first five calls you make uh, for interviews. Like you're talking about the best available coaches, man. This is a Michigan is a premier job in college football. How are we even as Michigan fans? How are we even sitting here? having a conversation about what's what's better for Michigan, fight for level one violation guy or go and get Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Are you out your goddamn mind? Are you out of your goddamn mind? If you're going to sit here and fight for Jim Harbaugh? This guy has been nothing but a pain in the ass since the day he put on the khakis. And, and, and you're starting to make the argument to me that Matt Campbell's not a better hire because he'd be the first guy you would call. It, you're, you're out of your mind. P.J. Fleck is not a better guy than Jim Harbaugh? Are you kidding me? Hell, Mike Hart is a better candidate to be the head coach at Michigan than Jim Harbaugh is right now. I want I mean, the best 
people. It's, it's wild. You, it is wild to me. Do you understand the caliber of offensive coordinator that is out there? You can hire a guy like Matt Campbell, and you can easily slide a guy like Josh McDaniels in to be your offensive coordinator. You're talking about winning a national championship next season. Let alone, oh, is Jim Harbaugh going to be able to coach our team next year? <laughs> are, are you out of your mind? Like, it, it is unbelievable to me. And, I, and again, I don't want to exacerbate the point, but it's unbelievable to me that Michigan fan cannot see through all of this malaise of BS with Jim Harbaugh to say we are better off if this guy gets whacked today. Yeah, I mean, it almost seems like the brand of Jim Harbaugh for Michigan fan is bigger than Michigan itself. And and, and that's what's crazy to me is like Michigan football is it has, a, it has a long uh, uh, history, a, a, a prideful one, you know, a, a, a really good college football, you know, story uh, in the big picture. And, 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 and I think that Michigan fan, what, what you don't realize is that you could be SMU. You could be some small, you know, irrelevant program trying to get into a Power Five conference. But no, you're not that. You are one of the Blue Bloods. You are one of the premier brands in college football, and you're so married to a guy because he played for you, and, you know, he went to Michigan, and he's that guy. And yet here we are talking about, Man, we beat Ohio State only to have that ripped away from us because we know they cheated to do it. And that's what I think is so painful. It's like, it, it, for Michigan fan, it's almost like you're in so deep now with Jim that you can't go back emotionally. And that's what I think is crazy because I do think you can go back. I do think you can fire this guy. Yes, it would be costly for the school, but you really tell me Michigan can't absorb that cost? Well, you, but like, it wouldn't be costly. Come on. It would not be costly to fire him. You're firing him for cause. And the other part of this that nobody wants to talk about is Jonathan Smith at Oregon State is available. He's being linked to every major opening. And you have real offensive caliber guys, offensive coordinator caliber guys out there waiting to be hired. I mean, this isn't even a this isn't even a conversation. The the moment that you fire Jim Harbaugh, you're better off. Can you imagine? Well, you know, I need a head coach. I'm Michigan. Uh, that's right. We can have any head coach we want. You can quite literally. The other guy that I've heard a lot about is Lane Kiffin at, at, at Ole Miss. Look what he's done for Ole Miss. If you, You're telling me right now, if you fired Jim Harbaugh, and I told you, Jonathan Smith, Matt Campbell, and Lane Kiffin are all willing to interview for the job. You're not in a better place. You're not in a better place. Oh, come on. Yeah. You're it, Jonathan Smith on his own in Oregon State, you're in a better place. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you're in a better place from, you know, you're in a better place from, you know, ethics, morals, you know, compliance. Absolutely, I, I, I think that you know, Lane Man. Kiffin, Lane Kiffin going to Michigan would be an outstanding hire. I mean, that's just not in question. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Smith, I think a lot of people would wonder. Okay, well, you're coming from Oregon State. You know, Michigan's obviously a big time job. Let's see how you, you know, you come in and into a bigger, a bigger scale job. I think that would be the question. But, but ultimately the, the reality of the situation is, is that any of these candidates are, are just as gifted and skilled, if not more than Jim. And, and I, I really, in my heart of hearts, believe it is a massive disservice to the brand that is Michigan. Cause I'm not even a Michigan fan, but I do respect 
the brand that is Michigan. Like you're talking about a school that's got a dominant football program, dominant basketball program, Michigan hockey, storied history. Like you're talking about a school that has an athletic department that is robust. It's Michigan. And yet here we are dying on the hill for a guy who had to cheat to beat your rival, has not won you a national championship, and seemingly is constantly is always in the middle of something. Yeah. He does not represent your brand well and does certainly does not have your, your best athletic interest in mind. Director, Michigan fan. Hey, Michigan fan, your athletic director is skipping the college football playoff committee vote tomorrow yeah. because of Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. I mean, it's it's wild to me. A couple other uh, stories we need to, or angles we need to update on the Michigan uh, cheating situation. James Franklin, the head coach of Penn State, who obviously is going to see <laughs> uh, Jimmy this weekend, maybe, maybe not. Uh, what does James Franklin think about this Michigan situation? Um, I'm focused on all the stuff I see on film. That's that's what we're focused on is all the stuff that we see on film, their players, their scheme, um, all the stuff. When I say see on film, what we see on the, the coach's copy of the film, the stuff that's going on between the sidelines, the, the 53 and a third, that, that's what we're focused on. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Oh, and then there's the Central Michigan situation. Yeah. Uh, the NCAA joins Central Michigan's investigation on whether or not Connor Stallions was on the sideline. Sign stealer guy. Yeah, sign stealer guy. <laughs> now, you remember these are th – this is the, 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 the picture in question, which in my opinion is not much in question. Um, so the NCAA is now officially looking into this, but uh, then there's ESPN. Who, I this is one of the most wild things I've ever heard of. You want to know how far this has gone? At ESPN's request, according to Adam Rittenberg, uh, a doctoral student used state-of-the-art commercial facial recognition systems. Facial recognition. To compare two photographs. The system compared the images based on several facial characteristics to provide a similarity score in the range of zero to one. Mm -hmm. The higher the similarity score, the more likely the two faces being compared are the same person. Me? The system produced a similarity score of 0 0.6 when comparing two photographs. To validate that score, the doctoral students compared Stallion's photo to a database of more than 4,500 photos of white males. Mm -hmm. The reason why it's a 0.6 is because there's a disguise, the doctoral student told ESPN. If I take an identical photo, it would be one. Even changes in pose, illumination expression, sunglasses, that match will never be perfect based on this analysis. And this is a critical part. Based on this analysis, the two images of the same person with high confidence. They're of the same person. So this facial recognition guru, a doctoral student, <clears throat> used facial recognition to determine 
Connor Stallions, you are the father. Fine Steeler guy. That you're basically <laughs> saying that Connor Stallions, according to this facial recognition program, was on the sideline wearing Central Michigan coaching gear with alleged, I say alleged, glasses that record uh, his his activities, what he's looking at. Facial recognition. Which is amazing to me. Incredible. So this guy right there, that's the overlay. This guy right there with the glasses on and the blue light that pops on, according to ESPN and their doctoral facial recognition student, there is no doubt in that doctoral student's mind that this is Connor Stallions on both sides of this, this frame. Yes. And I think we all on the show last week, maybe you missed it. I think we all agreed that was him. I mean, it, it, this is where we are. This is 2023. This is who we've become. We need facial recognition to determine what we already know. Facial recognition. It's amazing. Yeah, and I think the only question that remains about this Michigan, you know, sign-stealing operation that they were running is just how pervasive was this through the Big Ten, you know, Ooh. because I, I, I think that that question has not really been vetted yet. There are some there is some reporting out there right now from the, the AP. AP, you know, talking about how a former Big Ten employee has, you know, evidence from multiple member institutions, uh, you know, that that he has text messages and signals that he provided to those schools. And so I, I think we're starting to get more substance about the idea that all the schools realized what Michigan was doing. Yes. And so then they retaliated back and did their own sign stealing. I think that's the direction we're headed potentially. And I think if that's the case, this thing's going to go a hell of a lot deeper than how many games is Jim Harbaugh going to get and just how long was sign stealer guy on Central Michigan's sideline. Because if sign stealer guy was on other people's sidelines and we just haven't realized it yet, now we're having a whole different discussion. And if there were multiple sign stealer guys for different member institutions inside the Big Ten, now we're having an entirely different conversation. And Jim Harbaugh was just the tip of the iceberg. And in usual fashion, Jim Harbaugh sucks at cheating. So that's why I say this thing's hardly, you know, uh, over. Look at the look at the the web that has been woven on this. I, I, I mean, honestly, we're we're from Central Michigan. We're, I mean, Central Michigan's in a world of hurt right now mm -hmm. because the rules are very clear. Who is supposed to have the visitor's bench credential? It's 50 people. And dude wearing Ray-Ban recording glasses allegedly is not one of the 50 people Fine authorized. Stealer guy. Yeah, is not one of the 50 <laughs> people authorized to have this pass. And again, if it was not Connor Stallions, my question is, Where's the guy that it was then? Where is, well, you know, that was my nephew's friend, Tony. Uh, you know, you know, we, we just wanted him to carry our towels that day. Yeah, water boy. And That's right, T. He has uh, cornucopia, the eyelashes, so he has to wear glasses at night. Yeah. Like, where is that guy? Where, where are you? Yeah. But 
you, that guy doesn't exist because, in my opinion, that's Connor Stallions. Yeah, and Jim McElwain, CMU's head coach, didn't 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 sit here and say, "Oh yeah, hey, it was our water boy," or "Hey, it was you know, you was guys, this, this guy, is this or... is ridiculous that that you're asking me these questions because you know that was my 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 wife's nephew's sister's cousin's brother, and he's having a tough time and stuff. Now, before we go any farther. Uh... We've obviously are aware of a uh, picture floating around so with the the uh, the sign stealer guy. Uh, <laughs> sign stealer guy. <laughs> it's it's uh, ridiculous. All right, less of us, more of you. Hit it in the comments section. Thank you to everybody who's here today. Please give us a thumbs up. Hit the like button if you have not. Uh, to comment on the show, you guys know how much we value our comment section. To comment on the show, you do have to be a subscriber to the channel. Uh, please go hook that up. And when you do that, then get into the description and get your free buck shot from Bucked Up. We hit it every day at this time, you guys. It is the single best energy shot on the market. And if you are somebody that uses the five-hour energies of the world, this is better than any other energy shot in the country. because you get 200 milligrams of naturally sourced caffeine and a bunch of brain food. It's elite ingredients to make an elite product that does exactly what it says it's going to do. There are no spikes. There are no dips. You just get a natural boost. So you're more alert. You're more aware to finish that last conference call. Hey, I need to go find sign stealer guy and do facial recognition. Sign stealer guy. Better pop a buck shot so I can see clearly without sunglasses on. Whatever it is, a... Uh, uh, a pivot table, you have a long drive home. Maybe you're just tired. It's Monday and the clock's changed over the weekend. There's no better way to make yourself feel better so you can have your best days than getting free buck shot in the description below. Cheers to you, sign stealer guy. Yes, sir. Mm. And it's good. That's the other thing. This is watermelon. I'm a huge watermelon and blue Raz guy. Go get it now in the description below. Bucked up will send you six free buck shots right to your front door. Make sure you tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. All right, who's first in today? Uh, Lance Johnson. Johnson. How about those OSU Cowboys off the mat and cowboying up? Don't think Gundy cares about Bedlam. Don't think he does. I'm a man. Because all he's told me for over a year is Bedlam's meaningless. So get your facts straight. And they're done with it. I, we'll talk about Gundy coming up. I think the guy's a fraud. And I know that I pissed a lot of people off on Twitter over the weekend, but I'm so tired of this guy talking out of both sides of his mouth mm -hmm. and being a red ass and, you know, just saying how much his fan base doesn't care about Oklahoma. And then after the game, talking about how it was the single greatest moment of his entire life and childbirth means nothing and the, the lunar landing means nothing and the Berlin Wall falling means nothing. And his wedding day and his birthday, the actual day popped out between his mom's thighs is meaningless because we just won Bedlam. Hey, guys. But then all you've told me for a year is Bedlam's meaningless. Mm -hmm. Oh, but when you win Bedlam, then it means something. Mm. Please. Aaron Wilson gifts one membership to the Let's go. Appreciate you, Aaron Wilson, as always. Um, Dakota Tubbs, can anyone tell me what in the Sam Hill is a pivot table? It's an attachment to an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> tell me that you don't work in Excel without telling me you don't work in Excel. Uh, John DeLon, what's up with you? Good to see you. Jeremy Callahan, yep, SSG, LMAO. 
I don't know what that means, but okay. Sign stealer, yeah. Okay. Big Daddy Magic. Tom Brady would have Michigan in the national. <laughs> go back to Victor Wambanyama, Big Daddy Magic. Tom Brady's not a candidate for Victor's the Michigan. The way. Man. Um, let's see. Let's go back towards the top because you guys have been great today. Boyd Lake, the SEO king of America. Remember what I said? All they have to do is produce who that guy really was, and the whole question goes away That's for what CMU. I'm saying, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, they, where is he? They haven't and they can't because I think it's because every day that goes by, every day that goes by, they haven't and they can't and they won't, in my opinion. And it's a, it, it very well is going to get some people at CMU fired. It, I, I don't know how it wouldn't because it's not Michigan State fault. And I want to make this clear. A lot of people are saying Michigan State, um, you know, was trying to help. A, why would Michigan State want to help sign Steeler guy? From Michigan. Yeah. B, Michigan State takes 50 of those visitor bench credentials and they hand them in bulk to C Central Michigan in this case. This game was September 1st in East Lansing. Michigan State's the home team. They give them a bunch and they say, here you go. And it's up to CMU. And I would also remind you, there are no names on those credentials. They simply say VB and they are given out to, to the 50 people that have to work on that bench. So medical personnel, coaching, uh, support staff, but even like the, the band or whoever, none of those people, people, they don't get, they're not allowed between those two big white bulk lines that encompass the bench. It is for essential bench personnel only. And that does not include allegedly a Michigan analyst. Fine Steeler guy. There's no way around it. No. Um, ZZM, Tom Brady has never coached before. Are you crazy? Hmm. Okay. Matt Campbell, one of the most accomplished coaches in the Big 12 this year, or Tom Brady? <laughs> I, 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 I've never understood that. Yeah. I've never understood that. Lance Johnson, Stallions looks like a mule for the cartels. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I don't know how you know that, but you know, Jeremy Callahan, I was at Casey's and there were probably three dudes that looked just like that picture. Mm. Did you ask him who they were? I, I don't know. Uh, hey, Tone says, dude, it is. It was me. Well, all right. <laughs> Solve the sign stealer guy conundrum. <laughs> ZZM, wait until it's released. He was also at the Western Michigan game. You think so? He was at all the Michigan, all the football games inside the state of Michigan. Simultaneously. Yeah, all of them at once. Simultaneously. You know. Uh, hey, Tone, LMAO, Monty is FBI, CIA. Could yeah. be. Could be. Mike Smith, what's up, Mike? Uh, you can tell it is the same guy because he's chewing the same brand and flavor of gum. That's what I'm saying. I mean, just check the DNA on the gum. What are we even arguing about? Juicy. Oh, <laughs> OG Gary, stunner glasses are in fact being worn at night. That's the other thing. Did you not think that would draw attention to you? You have a blue light on the front of your glasses, bro. Me? Did, I mean, did you guys pick up on that? That's the, we, and if you've been watching the show, you know, like look at the glasses right on the, the, the right lens there, left side of the screen. Note the blue light that turns on. Hey, oh, it's not there, look not there. Oh, oh, hey. Look at that. That those are Ray-Bans and people have offered explanations for this because that does not look like he tilted his head up and it's a reflection from the light standings. No, 
That looks like a blue light that turns on when they're recording whatever you're looking at. Yeah. Because they have two uh, lenses. They have two lenses here, and there's a little light above the lens. So, I mean, it's awfully hard to ignore it. Yeah. It's awfully hard to ignore it. In in my opinion, it's awfully difficult to ignore it. So, I, I just think they're in so much trouble. It's they're in deep. so much there's trouble. There's no doubt. The Christie, I don't think we can assume Michigan started it. They were just caught first. Oh, I don't I, I think that's a great point. <clears throat> I think if you if you believe that Michigan's the only one doing this, you're foolish. They're the only one stupid enough to do it the way they did it, and it was easy to catch them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Again, why are you dying on the hill for Jim Harbaugh? He's not so let me get this right. He's not good at winning national championships. Right. So he goes to cheat to win national championships and he gets caught doing that. So you're not good at cheating. You're not good at winning national championships like your colleagues are. So what are we talking about? Like I, I mean, I, your I colleagues like, are. Like, if I said to you, okay, who do you think is most likely to win a national championship uh, first? Ryan Day, Jim Harbaugh, Lane Kiffin, Lane Train. or Nick Saban? Which of Saban. those? Which of those four? Not well, Jim Harbaugh. I, I, not Jim Harbaugh. I'm, not I'm, Jim I'm, Harbaugh. I'm going. I'm going. Nick Ryan Lane. Yeah. Then Jim. Yeah. Right. And I haven't even thrown Kirby Smart in there, or or Jesus Christ Himself, Dabo Sweeney. And, and and the other part of this is, I I think you can only be a red ass for so long before it comes back to get you. Mm -hmm. And Jim Harbaugh not being somebody that plays well in the sandbox and being a guy who does not get along with others. This is when it comes back to get you because you hear that Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the big 10 had a conference call with coaches, ADs and presidents and roundly all of them called for Harbaugh and Michigan to be punished. If he had connections and was well liked, maybe that, that calling is a little less. If, if, if he wasn't such a jerk and if he hadn't, sent and i believe in my opinion that he knows what his guy is doing there's too much video of connor stallions and again here's the plausible deniability part everybody wants plausible deniability such well, a catchphrase plausible deniabilities okay help me understand this if you look at jim harbaugh on the sidelines and you you start to understand that he's somebody who you know, I, I you're watching Connor Stallions tell them what the play is, mm -hmm. and they're sending it in. They, you're watching last year in the Ohio State game, all of the Michigan players signaling pass, pass, pass. As soon as Connor Stallions saw the play, and you're telling me Jim Harbaugh doesn't know about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think on. what's incredible too is like you know all these pictures we've seen of like you know, where, where stallions has like this white laminated sort of thing, it, like play call sheet, whether it was at central Michigan or on the Michigan sideline, like, like it's very, it, they all, he does the same thing every single time. And what's so funny about the, the parallels between his time at Michigan and the, the, that game he was captured at between Michigan state and central Michigan is he's right in the center of both of those right by both head coaches. I mean, you're talking about Jim McElwain being in the same picture 
as you on his sideline, just the same way you were with Jim. And so everybody is doing it, but they're not doing it like you did it. There's and I, and I think again, people either don't know this or they like to forget it. Sign stealing is not illegal in college football, in the NFL. It's not illegal. You know what the difference is? They don't send signs in in the NFL. Why is that? They have helmet technology. It's not illegal in the NCAA in that if I can look across the field and read your signals and know what the call is, that's not illegal that I just stole your signs. But if you send people with recording devices to other stadiums, specifically up your schedule to future competition, and you pay people to, I don't know, let's say you paid somebody to sit in the stands and point their phone at a sideline and then upload that video to a cloud folder, which then you used to decipher signs and plays. That's illegal, right? That's exactly what Michigan is accused of. And I would remind you, some of the people who, are, who were hired to go to these games have spoken. I would remind you that Connor Stallions had a public Venmo account. I would remind you, Connor Stallions was openly talking about it to friends, telling people, hey, I'm going to be in Nashville for this game because I'm sign stealer guy. Hey, you want to get a beer afterwards? Sign stealer guy. Like, he, you're not even trying to hide it. Yeah. And I'd also remind you, he bought tickets to all of these venues in his own name. How stupid are you? So if you're going to do it, at least use like a made-up name or Dick Tidro or some obscure baseball player name. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Use like an obscure hockey player's name. I don't care. But you can't use your own name and become infamous across the Big Ten. Yeah, and that's what I don't understand about this. This, this, is, this is what I'm trying to understand is like, okay, let's say that, let's say that, just as an example, hypothetical, let's say that every program in the Big Ten does stuff like this. It sends people out advanced scouting. You know, they're they're cheating. Yes. You know, let's say everybody's doing it. Then why is it that Michigan was the only one who's been caught? Well, obviously, because of what you just said. They did it in a very public way. And I, I from what people tell me, they don't, most coaches do do not send people to venues. They have somebody or a couple of people on their staff whose job it is to review the film. And again, maybe you guys don't know this, and I don't mean to mansplain it. Every week, you get a volume of video. Well, it's what James Franklin said. I mean an ass load of video yeah. for your opponent. Yeah. So this week, Michigan's got an ass load of Penn State film. And you can easily take that film Look at the, the signals coming into the game. And here's how, I, I, I don't know if people know this. Here's how you steal signs. You watch the guy send the signs in. And then you say, okay, he just sent that sign in. What play did they run? Oh, they ran a pass. And it was an out to the sideline. Okay, let's go find that next one. Okay, here's the same route package. There's the same throw. Rewind, what sign did they send in? Okay, well, this means right, that's how they do it. Yeah. It's not hard. It's not, it's not covert. It's just time intensive. They hand it to you. Yeah. And so most coaches 
have an intern, let's say, who takes that video and who breaks those plays down. He sent this signal in. Every time he does this, it's a pass play. And eight out of those 10 pass plays, his tendency is to throw an out route to the right to the right sideline. That's how you steal signs. I know, oh, clean, I know rocket science. That's all it is. So the fact that you had a financial budget allocated to sending people to advanced scout is really stupid. Yes, it is. Because you don't have to and do it. And it indicates that your AD was in on it and possibly more people were in on it. You don't have to do it. It's you, you don't. That's the issue. And I hope people understand that. That the reason that you don't have more people getting caught for something stealing is you have to be really stupid to go and do it. Because they give it to you. So, so again, why are we dying on the hill of Jim Harbaugh? I don't know. Mike Smith. Won't you post more? Bill Bailey, won't you post more? No, we won't. Boyd Lake, uh, if Harbaugh didn't know, he was the only one that didn't know, which would be ridiculous. And it doesn't matter if he didn't yeah, know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It does, it's not required for him to know. I, I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, John DeLon, how much you want to bet Gene is willing to die on the, quote, I didn't know anything about cheating Hill? Well, I would <laughs> just, I would refer you back to the WeFence's statement on this. Where he said, I I I don't know. Yeah, I have no knowledge of any coaches doing anything nefarious or rule breaking. You know, I, I don't know anything about it. That's well, what he said. You know, and yeah, I just think it's wild. And we still have not seen Jim Harbaugh get his contract extension. Remember last week, before all that new evidence came out, oh, it was a slam dunk. And oh, it it's not accurate. It's not accurate that my contract was reneged. Mm. Well, maybe it was. I, I just think it's wild. I absolutely think it's wild. The Todd father, Jake, people have been dying for Jim Harbaugh since 1985. Uh, it, look, I yeah, get we it. have. I get it. I get it. And and I don't, I, I understand. Jim's got a loyal following. Uh, and and my question is, if you're a Michigan fan and, and you're one of those folks who's been a Michigan fan before Jim was there and will be a fan after Jim leaves, inevitably. Um, why are you so loyal to this guy? And, and is it a thing where it's just like, hey, he's our head coach. I'm going to defend our head coach till I die. Is that what it is? Because I, I, everything says that he knew. I'm not somebody who is going to buy into this nonsense that Jim didn't know. I think he knew. I absolutely I think agree. he was in on it. I, I think that he, I, I would even go as far as to say, in my opinion, I think he initiated this because his his seat was getting hot because he hadn't beaten Ryan Day uh, in his time well, in Michigan. Well, that's the most damning part is, yeah. he until he, he has beaten Ohio State these last two times, Jim didn't have a signature win. And you go back to the players tweeting at Connor Stallions all the way back to, I think it's 2015. So Connor Stallions, again, the the now resigned, forced to resign, fire, whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. Connor too. Stallions is linked to Michigan football all the way back to 2015. The manifesto that he wrote, all this stuff about how he was going to lead Michigan football back to the mountaintop. And the other part of this that I think is so remarkable is when it's know or don't know, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's why Pat Fitzgerald got fired at Northwestern for the, the male parts and stuff. Uh, because car it's wash. illegal. Yeah, the male, the sexual abuse allegations at yeah. Northwestern. Yeah. Pat Fitzgerald, oh, I didn't know. I had no idea. 
Oh, you're going to take a couple of game suspension. Okay, but I still didn't know. Oh, now there's new details. Yeah, Pat, you're fired. Because once it gets too hot, they don't care. They're going to make you a fall guy. So as Northwestern did, hey, let's save the university by sacrificing Pat Fitzgerald. That's exactly what Michigan should do. Because the evidence is overwhelming and it's no longer in question. And I, I, I just don't know how long we have to play this charade. Yeah, well, and, and I think this other, the other point, and we talked about this earlier, um, is that this concept that, you know, Jim's, you know, looking at, a, you know, four games here, right? Last three regular season games and the Big Ten championship game. And, and, you, and you start to think about this from Michigan's standpoint. And if you're Michigan, and I don't agree with this philosophy, but this, to me, seems like the philosophy, which is, hey, well, he's only going to get four games. And if we extend him and we work all this new verbiage in that protects us in the future, that allows us to more easily terminate Jim, why wouldn't we extend him? We can we can make him the highest paid coach in college football. It's good for the school, we think. And then if he just goes out and does what he does, we should be fine. I mean, Rose, that's what it seems like. I'm wondering, and I'm not really wondering, I'm pretty certain that Michigan is in the in the middle of the conversation of, well, fuck, how much more are we going to take? Excuse my French. Well, how much more of this are we willing to take? Um, how much more damage are we willing to take? Because the other thing that I think nobody talks about, don't you think the president? Don't you think the donors? Don't you think the board of trustees? Don't you? This isn't just a football problem. This is a business problem because they have brand partners. They have TV partners. And I think it's getting to the point where now anybody that's affiliated with Michigan, if you are, if you're an athletic trainer at Michigan football and you go home tonight and you, and you're, you know, it's Thanksgiving here in a couple of weeks. What do you think, Jimmy, the football video guy? Hey, are you guys really cheating? Hey, are you guys, what do you think the biggest boosters are talking about on their golf round? Yeah. They're talking about the sign stealing thing. And I guarantee you that temperature every day ticks up a little higher. And sooner or later, the president, I, I, I think the athletic director, this statement today, if you guys missed it, this statement today by Ward Manuel talking about how he's not going to go to the college football playoff committee vote tomorrow. He's not going. It is one of the highest honors currently. Ward Manuel's not going attending to more important matters regarding the ongoing investigation into our football program. Ward Manuel is fucking tired of talking about sign stealing. Like how, how many, how many more indicators do you need that the temperature at Michigan is rising? Well, there's no question that they, they need to put this thing to bed. I mean, they, that you need to get on, you need to move on from, you know, um, you know, where we are now, which is, hey, this happened. How deep does the rabbit hole go? You know, you when know, how, does the yeah. when does the teapot start whistling? Yeah. I mean, I I that's the question here, dudes. Yeah. Cause I think yeah. it's I think the water in the teapot's boiling and it's only a matter of time before it starts whistling. And what's so incredible too And he's out. Dude, if you think about college football in the state of Michigan, what's so incredible is that the Mel Tucker thing was dominating the news in college football land in the state of Michigan. Until this came out. And 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 I'm not saying what Jim did is worse than what Mel Tucker did, because it's not, in my opinion. But but you're you're talking about 
you're talking about completely changing the narrative of news in that state. And at some point, Michigan needs to stop the bleeding. At some point, you 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 have to move on from this. You can't continue to just live but, in this cycle. But it's not even the state of Michigan. At what point do we stop talking about? And I I, I know it it really frustrates people. When do we stop talking about Sandusky and Paterno? When do we stop talking about tattoos and wrestling and, and Jim Jordan and all of the scandals with Urban Meyer at Ohio State? When do we start talking or stop talking about all of the absolute human destruction that has taken place at Michigan State? At what point does the Big Ten say, hey, this isn't who we want to be anymore, dude? Because it seems like this just keeps going. You look at P.J. Fleck in Minnesota. Look at all the allegations about him. Look at the gambling stuff at Iowa. Look at the fact that you just fired the head coach's family. At, at Iowa, at what point does this league step away from being just an absolute dumpster fire? Larry Nassar. Well, I'm not naming him by name anymore. At Michigan State is an abysmal, yeah. abysmal factory of human destruction. Yes. At what point do you say, yeah, we're just not doing this anymore? Because there's nothing wrong with Tony Petiti, and again, Michigan fan, I know it's going to piss you off, but there's nothing wrong with Tony Petiti saying, "Hey guys, I'm going to def- I'm going to suspend Jim Harbaugh until the the conclusion of the NCAA's investigation." And I guarantee you, he's got the votes in the president's circle to get that job done. I guarantee it, if only for a competitive advantage. But at some point, the Big Ten's got to say we're stepping away from this because you're supposedly the biggest, bad, biggest, baddest dude on the college football block now with your $100 million a year. You're adding USC. You're adding UCLA. You're adding, uh, you know, Oregon and Washington. You got to stop being who you've always been. And this Michigan scandal is an opportunity for the new commissioner of the Big Ten to prove he's not going to do business the way they've always done it. Well, which is cover up, scheme, lie until there's just no way to scheme and lie. Well, I think what's hard about that as a commissioner is that you, you know, you you work for your member institutions. And yeah. also as a commissioner, though, and this is what we've seen so many times through throughout this year, 2023, with like Brett Yormark or, you know, certainly Greg Sankey, uh, hell, Greg, uh, George Klyovkov, like commissioners have have a responsibility to to make sure that their conference is as healthy as possible both in a in a in a fiscal sense and a PR sense like in 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 a variety of different ways and so when you're in the middle of a heated you know cheating scandal you, you both are are you you are executioner and jury here you're 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 having to say okay i think my opinion as tony petiti is we should suspend jim you know, for the duration of the investigation, let's say, and at the same time, is suspending Jim for the duration of the the investigation good for the health of the conference because of the financial implications of that move? And I ask That's even further difficult. than that, how is it bad for the conference if you say, Jim Harbaugh, you're suspended pending the outcome of this investigation? Well, how is that the wrong answer? That's not the wrong answer. But how yeah. is it bad? How is it not the right answer? And Michigan fan, 
You don't have a way out of that box. And if you're a Michigan fan, I would appreciate if you put your hand up and say, hey, I'm a Michigan fan. Here's why Jim Harbaugh shouldn't be suspended. In the comments section, I'm happy to read it. But somebody needs to explain to me why Jim Harbaugh shouldn't be suspended. Because it is it is shocking to me. The Monty Show, as always, presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business. You guys, I tell you all the time that the advocates are in your community. They are giving back to every one of the communities that they support. And they are asking you to be a hero for hope for Thanksgiving and the holiday season. You know, there are so many people in this country right now that are struggling. We talked about this at back to school time when the advocates raise money uh, with the Road Home, one of the best homeless advocacy groups in the country. They did that at back to school time for homeless kids, Halloween for homeless kids. Now they're doing it at Thanksgiving. And they're asking you to be a hero of hope this Thanksgiving season by sending a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, anything that you have. Find them on Venmo, Advocates Donations on Venmo. Advocates Donations on Venmo. Every single dollar goes to providing Thanksgiving meals for those who can't provide for themselves. And I just ask you for a little empathy here, whether this is your first day or your one millionth day watching this show. If you have a dollar, five dollars, a million dollars, hit them on Venmo right now. Or if you want to donate to the show, hit the hit the donation button at the bottom of the dollar symbol and say advocates donations. We're happy to pass it along because there's so many of us. And maybe it's you. I don't I don't know. But there's so many of us that struggle to provide for our families. And when everybody else, or it feels like everybody else is prospering and they have turkey and they have stuffing and they have mashed potatoes and you do not, it is one of the loneliest places to be. Let's do everything that we can do to minimize those numbers. Be a hero of hope this Thanksgiving. Venmo, a dollar, five dollars, a million dollars to advocates donations on Venmo. And if you don't mind putting in the the description box, because you always have to say what you're doing it for. Say Thanksgiving Monty Show. That'd be phenomenal. Or just say Thanksgiving. Because let's give back to those who are less fortunate. We're all so lucky. Everybody watching this show, if you're watching this show right now and you know what YouTube is, you're in the 1% of the world. So let's help those. Let's lift those. Let's help those who need it. This holiday season, be a hero for hope this Thanksgiving season. Advocates, donations uh, on Venmo or just uh, send it through the show and we're happy to pass it along. Uh, uh, bringing you the very latest on the uh, Michigan cheating scandal. Matt Ritson for $5. How about Rutgers uh, for assistant coaches, different colors? I have no idea what you just said. I have no idea what that means. But hey, man. Thank you. Thank you. And if you want to reset that, that'd be great. ZZM, I'm going to go to Venmo and look up Connor Stallions and ask him for money to go to this Saturday's OSU game. It's going to be a great game. I'm a man. It's going to be a great game. Absolutely. Um, And hey, I would even say this. If you want to go to a football game this weekend or you want to go to a football game next weekend, um, I don't know. This is right off the top of my head. Make a donation to the Advocates and DM Jake. Yeah. Make a donation to the Advocates. DM Jake on Twitter or Instagram, SLC Jake. SLC Jake on Twitter or Instagram. And we will send one of you to the football game of your choice. So all you have to do is make a donation, $5, $10. And let's say if we're going to send you to a game, let's say it's a a minimum $20 donation. Yeah. Show us that you sent it on Venmo, right? And I'll put the the Venmo back up right here. Advocates donations. 
You make a donation to the advocates and you say Thanksgiving Monty show screenshot for Jake that you sent it SLC Jake on Twitter or Instagram that you made a donation to the advocates on Venmo and we'll pick one person on Friday. We will announce the winner on Friday. We'll send you to the football game of your choice. Do it. I think that's pretty easy, right? I think that's very easy. Advocates donations. That's all you got to do. Uh, let's see. Tanner Plummer, uh, who's been a member for 10 months on the show. Okay, Tanner. Let's get the drop out here. Tanner Plummer, whose who's favorite player is Dak Prescott's pinky toe. Says, yeah. in my opinion, the biggest problem with the uh, Big Ten over the years is that they're willing to put profit over principle. Man, isn't that the truth? Agreed. Uh, they care more about wins and money than holding the troublemakers accountable. Absolutely well, and, true. And I think that this and this is probably a different day, but I, but I think that uh, an overreaching conversation right now in college football is how do you weigh, you know, your your relationships and your TV partners and the 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 revenue as a conference that you get. Uh, with disciplining brands like Michigan or in years past, Ohio state or Northwestern or Michigan state or uh, Baylor or whoever, you know, Georgia, like how do you discipline these premier programs yeah. that bring in all the money for you? Uh, but also are breaking the rules. It is a classic conundrum. And, and I think, unfortunately, to your point, you know, Michigan's at a point where they have to do something. And, yeah, and, absolutely. and the Big Ten, unfortunately, is it has in this tipping point of like, okay, Michigan, it's getting worse by the day, but we're the Big Ten. We have to push you back down and we have to discipline you. And that's what I think is so difficult. I don't know. I, like, at what point it's never going to happen? I'm sorry. I'm, I was about to say something really stupid. <laughs> I was gonna say, at what point do we put our morality ahead of winning, dude? What are you talking about, dude? Come on, bro. Sorry, my my bad. I don't really understand what you're saying. My bad, bro. My bad, bro. I mean, you my know, bad. You no redos. <laughs> morality Come ahead on, of winning. Bro. Come on, are you dude. kidding me? Natties or nothing, bro. Hey, big shout out to Hella Billy, our first. Our absolute first donation is twenty dollars. Hey, appreciate you. Uh to the advocates. Hellabilly, appreciate you. Nice win for uh, your boys over the weekend, Hellabilly. Yes, it was. Yeah, we got to talk about BYU. Uh James, the unofficial mayor of Cowboy oh, Country. Oh, James, this should be good. Can you run this contest donation to advocates on Thursday? I lo I'd love to win tickets to Oak State versus BYU in Stillwater. P.S. Cougars need to bring Cougar Tails when they come to Stillwater. I'm a man. Hey, man. Make a big enough donation. I could be swayed. I have no shame. You know shame. how to win the tickets, dude. <laughs> you know how to win. You know how to win tickets. Yeah, I, I, I have no shame. I have no shame. Ram Spencer, Michigan is in serious trouble long term. Fighting it is only making things worse. I think they probably, uh, I think they probably lose a game anyway without stallions. Well, I, I think the question is okay. So. So if you were if you were winning all these games with stallions, let's say, right, and then you take stallions away, okay, that's obviously going to take a big part of your ability to win games away, right? You yes. no longer know exactly what play is coming in. At the same time, though, let's not discount the talent you have at Michigan. You still have 
some of the best talent in the country. And I'm not saying that, you know, J.J. McCarthy is 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 some terrible quarterback. He's in the Heisman conversation. I don't think he should be there, but he's a damn good quarterback. And you can still go out and win ball games with this Michigan squad. But the question is, without Connor Stallions, without Jim Harbaugh, what does that process look like? Because the suspension we're talking about is not like the self-imposed three-game rip that Jim took for himself. No. The suspension we're talking about, not us, the Big Ten is talking about, is, hey, Jim, you're out of the picture for a month to end the season. The next four games, Jim is not to be at the facility, not to be in contact with the program, nothing. Like, nothing. Get the hell out of here. And I'm even okay if you say, hey, it's a paid suspension. Pending the outcome of this investigation. Because at the end, maybe, ain't never going to happen, Jim Harbaugh is found to have known nothing and actually Connor Stallions uh, was acting of his own volition, which means Steeler guy. Jim Harbaugh is still guilty, but hey, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't even care if it's a paid sus- suspension, but at what point do we do the right thing instead of what's best for Michigan or what's best for the Big Ten financially? That's the that's a question that I have, and and the answer is I don't know. Yeah, I I I don't know. I have no idea. Boss Frog Advocates Donation. Hi Jake. No need to include me in the drawing. <laughs> okay. Appreciate you, Boss Frog. You know, I I think it is. Uh, I think it's incredible the way you guys support our 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 initiatives with the advocates. Um the folks at the advocates are always so thankful for what you guys do. I mean, it, it, it is, we always on this show, I think you guys know this, we're competitive. We always try to lead the donation line and it's guys like Hellabilly and boss frog and everybody else uh, who donates to the advocates. And, and we try to give back to you guys. Um, and again, if you donate and maybe we'll do it by Thursday, hell, I don't care if you donate, um, to Heroes of Hope this Thanksgiving, send a donation via Venmo. And if you send it to us in the tip section, we'll send it on to them to Advocates Donations on Venmo. Advocates Donations on Venmo. And just say, Monty Show Thanksgiving. Done. Take a screenshot after you send it and hit Jake on Twitter or Instagram, SLC Jake, SLC Jake on Instagram or Twitter, and we'll uh, we'll hook it up for you. And one person on Thursday or Friday, depending on how James does, on Thursday or Friday, we'll send you to the the game of your choice. And if you want to go to an NBA game, you want to go to an NFL game, a college football game, you let us know. What if NHL, you want to go see an NHL game? Hook it up. I know we have a ton of fans in Phoenix. I know we have a ton of fans in Chicago, all over Dallas, Houston. Uh, We were looking at at our listenership today. So big shout out to the state of Texas, Texas, uh, because San Antonio, Lubbock, Dallas, uh, all over Dallas, Fort Worth, all over, all over Houston, um, all over Florida exploding on the show right now. Boise, Idaho, Meridian, Idaho, which is really close to Boise. Um, I mean, you guys are, how about Missoula, Montana, Missoula showing up on the show right now. Like, love you guys, Denver, Colorado, uh, Avon, Aspen, Vail. All over Utah. Obviously, Utah's our biggest market, but you guys just do such a great job supporting the show that we try to get back to you. Uh, speaking of which, how about Jaron Eccles, who's been a member for oh, 10 months? Okay. Thank you, Jaron. Now, it would have been better if the Dolphins would have made the trip to Germany, but who cares? 
Uh, the Rutgers sideline. The don't don't you know this? What the Dolphins don't make trips to games against plus you know winning record teams. Mike McDaniel's is a pimp. Um, the Rutgers sideline had four guys wearing four different color shirts, all making different play calls, and they would switch uh, way colors to look at every quarter. Pretty clever. Look it up. It looks funny. Ah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, Sharon which is awesome. Uh, Jim R gives us $50. Advocates, let go. Let's go. No drawing needed. Love it, dude. Absolutely love it. Lance Johnson uh, giving us $20 uh, to the advocates. Let's go. Love that, you guys. No one should go hungry. No contest tickets needed either. Man, you guys are amazing. Appreciate you guys. You guys are absolutely amazing. I appreciate that so much. Just right there, you're looking at what is that? 50, 100, 120, dollars in donations already for Thanksgiving. You guys are amazing. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, it means so much to us that we're able to help people because without you, we would not, we would absolutely not uh, be able to do this show and support the community the way we do. All right. A couple other things I want to get to. Um, obviously, did you guys hear about USC football? <laughs> so this is a big deal. USC football finally fired their defensive coordinator, uh, and Alex Grinch. And the name of of the replacements is pretty freaking awesome. And I think one of the biggest names, and I could be wrong, but one of the biggest names is Jim Leonard, who was the head coach at Wisconsin, who is now just an analyst at Illinois, Illinois, uh, with Brett Bielema, is said to be the leading candidate to be the defensive coordinator at USC. Here's my question for known <clears throat> USC hater. Not USC hater, Lincoln Riley hater. USC, well, the same thing. Um, is USC still one of the premier jobs in college football? Without a doubt, no question about it. I, I, I think that people, so when this came out that Grinch got whacked, Everybody was like, oh, USC's overrated, typical front-runner brand, couldn't get the job done this year. And all I have to say is that's precisely why they are who they are, right? USC is that brand that everybody loves to hate. But why do they love to hate USC? Because USC's in LA. USC is always good. USC is that program that can be terrible, go hire Lincoln Riley, and they're right back in the mix the next year. So notice, nobody said Lincoln Riley and USC were winning a national championship this year. Was that the goal? Absolutely. Yes. Nobody said that was going to happen, though. And what I don't understand about Lincoln Riley is this is not new out of Grinch, dude. You know, you knew who this guy was. He's been with you since Oklahoma, and now you're firing him as if he wasn't terrible at Oklahoma, as if you didn't have awful defenses at Oklahoma. So that's why I say. I'm not a USC hater. I'm a Lincoln Riley doubter. I don't doubt that Lincoln can recruit. I don't doubt that Lincoln can make Heisman Trophy winners. What I doubt is he can win a national championship because he's an offensive-minded coach, not a defensive-minded coach. And you waited, what, three, four seasons too long to fire Grinch. And that's what just surprises me. It's shocking. It's unacceptable. But here we go. You finally fired him. Who are you going to bring in to replace them? And whoever that is, Leonard or whoever it's going to be, better have this defense tuned up for next year. Because next yeah. year, if you don't win a national championship, or if you're not even in the college football playoff conversation, that 
is going to be a huge problem for Lincoln. Yeah, and I think a couple of the names that were floated, I, I can tell you, talking to some people we know at Utah, Morgan Scally's not a candidate for this job. Morgan Scally is not going to leave Utah for a lateral move at USC to be the defensive coordinator. I can also tell you, I think one of the top candidates is Tim DeRuiter at Texas Tech. And obviously, defensive play calling has been an issue at Tech, and I, I think there's been quite a bit of frustration. I mean, we we could easily point to the Wyoming loss. Mm-hmm. Um, we, there's been a lot of overaggression, but one thing is very clear. Texas Tech's defense is as good now as it has been in some time, and you look at the statistics of it, and it is absolutely better than it's been in some time. And Tim DeRuiter is a well-respected big name in defensive circles. And I know that he and Lincoln Riley have a relationship. I would watch Tim DeRuiter. I would watch Tim, or excuse me, Jim Leonard uh, at Iowa, or excuse me, at Illinois as a defensive coordinator there. I think those are the two best names. I do not believe from what we have been told that Morgan Scally is even in the running or considering this job. I think he is the heir apparent at Utah. And I think it makes no sense. And from what we've heard, he is not in the running for the USC defensive coordinator position. But I don't have any doubt that USC is going to hire the best available assistant coach that they that they would like to hire. And I think Jim Leonard is an absolute home run hire for Lincoln Riley at USC. He can recruit the Midwest. He can go anywhere in Big Ten country and recruit against the biggest brands in the Big Ten. And I think you are instantly much, much better, schematically speaking, the minute Jim Leonard takes over as defensive coordinator at USC. I have absolutely no doubt that Jim Leonard and Tim DeRuiter are two of the biggest names in USC defense. And Jake, I I agree with you. I think it is absolutely one of the premier gigs in college football. Yeah, and I think, you know, for Lincoln, you can't have, you know, USC outside the top 25 consistently that that's not going to work They're right I mean, now you guys understand they're outside the top yeah. 25 uh, you know you've lost three or four you're outside the top 25 giving um, up 42 points a game their last six games so How? to me like you know i i look at the fact that you're going to the big 10 next year and and i sit here and say dude the big 10 is, the big 10 championship is attainable now the, the yes, problem the problem with that though is that you're gonna have to play defense because Ryan Day, James Franklin, and if it's still Jim Harbaugh, are always going to have good defenses. Yep. And and the problem is, is that, and again, I'm not here for all the hate on, you know, crying Caleb Williams and, and everything and, and all that, but it's not going to be good enough next year to, to have a team under Lincoln Riley uh, at USC that scores a ton of points, but doesn't have a defense. You can't have an expectation of, hey, we're going to play Washington. We're going to give up a 50 spot to them, and our quarterback's going to be seen crying in the crowd after That's the game. Right. That's wait, not wait, wait. good and enough, And I want to talk about that, too. It is amazing to me the – what's the right way to say it? The ridiculous comments that came in from affluential people questioning the manhood – of Caleb Williams because he was crying after they lost this weekend Mm -hmm. and they got beat significantly. They lost 52 to 42 to Washington. Most weekends you score 42 points. You're going to win. Caleb Williams did not come back to be outside the top 25 at USC. 
And I have no problem with him showing emotion with his parents when we're talking about, hey, you know, maybe, maybe this kid actually cares a lot about what's happening to him at USC. And maybe he's watching some of his dreams die. And I don't necessarily want to hear about his manliness or his manhood because he talks about going home and cuddling with his dog. I want to go home and cuddle with my dog and watch some shows. I don't know what I like, you know, we lost the game. Uh, something to work hard for throughout months, years, to have big games like this, try and go win, play your best. Um, each and every one of us, uh, we came out with the loss today. So emotionally, I want to go home and I want to lay with my dog. What is wrong with that? I don't know either. Yeah. And it's amazing to me, and I'm not going to call people out, and you can go on on X, X and you can find it. Venom and vitriol. It's ridiculous to be questioning this kid's manhood because he cried with his parents and he said, I want to go home and cuddle my dog. I, I Why is that a problem, man? Like, we've got to get to a point where we allow athletes to just be themselves because they're not football players, they're human beings. And yet, what do we do? We take a shot at Caleb Williams because he cried after a loss. What if, and I know this is crazy, what if that's not about his manhood, but what if that's a display of his confidence? What if that's a display of who he is as a person? Because all of the idiots on Twitter saying that he's not qualified to be an NFL quarterback because leaders don't cry. What are you talking about? Like, when did when did it become a character trait of great leaders that you show no emotions and you don't cry. That guy just told you his dream is dying because he's going to the NFL after this season. You think he wanted to go out when he won the Heisman last year? Do you really think he wanted to go out outside of the top 25, out of the college football playoff picture, out of the Pac-12 championship picture? Do you think that's why he came back to, to Los Angeles? Because I'm telling you, it's not. Yeah, no. And, and we got to knock this off where we're ripping guys for crying. And we're ripping guys for saying, I want to go home and, and cuddle my dog. Like, why is that a problem? Yeah, I just think it's it, it, it's a cultural issue we have. You know, we we expect these guys to be, I don't know, warriors, I guess, or emotionless robots in a sense, you know? And and they're just not. And and I, I, I think that we... You know, we expect quarterbacks in football to to be, you know, stone cold killers and not be emotional. And if you're going to be emotional, it better be anger and ferocity and, you know, like, you know, just really edgy stuff. And I think, you know, yeah, I I look my 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 thing with Caleb would be, hey. You know, if you're going to if you're going to be emotional about it, I'd rather that take place behind closed doors, you know, just because you're representing more than just yourself. But the reality is he is a human being. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, it's easy. Like he's built himself a reputation. That's the real problem here. He's built himself a reputation of being someone who wears his emotions on his sleeve. And this was another example of that. You know, the Utah game last year with the helmet picture, you know, where the helmet's up on his face and he's crying as he's walking back to the locker room. Like, he's built a reputation. I think that's why people are hating on him. But I don't 
that hate is not proper and and i think that it's just it's just what our culture is right now yep uh shout out to kevin the destroyer who gave us a hundred dollars for the advocates i'm blessed and don't mind sharing thank you so much for that uh did i already mention jim r Jim, thank you so much. Advocates, let's, let's go. Lance Johnson for $20. Advocates charity, no one should go hungry. Thank you very much, Lance. Uh, Brandon Butler for $20. Advocates, no entry needed or homeless golf fund. Wow. Um, I played great golf this morning, by the way. Kevin the Destroyer, $100. Aaron Wilson, $5 for the Advocates. Mike Smith, $10 for the Advocates. Hella Billy Rich for me. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, Cougar tracks, $10 for the advocates. All I want is a BYU win. Big Daddy Magic, $5 for the kids. Please tell them I did this right. You did. the way. You did, Big Daddy Magic. Appreciate you. Victor Wambanyama. Daddy. Um, <laughs> what we're talking about uh, with all these donations is uh, the advocates uh, are asking you to be a hero for hope this Thanksgiving season by helping provide uh, food for families who are not going to be able to provide for themselves. And um, we're asking you to donate on Venmo, advocates donations on Venmo, whether it's $5, $100, a million dollars, whatever you have, it's more than enough, friends. And if you don't have Venmo, you can just hit the donation button here. We are happy to forward it on. Uh, we just thank you guys so much for that. Uh, we appreciate all the donations you guys are giving. Uh, boss frog, nine 99, absolutely zero sympathy for Williams. Wasn't this the same clown that tweeted LOL last year after Max Duggan's emotional loss? Yeah, sure thing, pal. It he is. What goes around, comes around. He was, you're not wrong. And he paints the messages on his nails and uh, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I just, the thing that bothers me is I don't care if people give him heat. I hate that we go immediately to the manliness, the sexuality, the like attacking the kid with with slurs on Twitter. Like, just be better than that. Yeah. Right. Like, just there's no reason for that. You want to go after him for Max Duggan last year? Hell yes. Get after it. Get after it. Yeah. There's no reason not to. I agree 100%, boss. I think it's absolutely. Those are his own actions. Yes. Right. Like, yes. Like, the, and that's what I think is that's the line. Okay. So, hey, you know, if Caleb is going to do this on X, then we can hold him accountable to that when next season he's crying on the sideline. Totally fair game. That's totally fair game. Hey, Tom, Tom Brady cries after every big loss. He does. And he breaks stuff during those losses. <laughs> uh, Jeff Woodworth, leaders can cry. The only people that can't are baseball players and big girls. Wow. Big girls don't cry. That's right. Okay. Look at you, Jeff. And look at his, oh my goodness. Bro, look at his avatar, Dude, you guys. Look at his so avatar. Legit. You're such a savage. <laughs> oh, fucking God. <laughs> so well done, Let's dude. Go. So well done. Let's go. That is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Lance says, there is a man crying, and then there is a man curled up in the fetal position in mommy's lap. Well... Yeah. Do we care? Is that a is that a big I, deal? I think he could handle it better. I I do. I, I'm not I'm not gonna question the man's sexuality or his manhood, but I, I no, like I said, I, I, I think that you're the quarterback for USC, dude. Running up into the stands and crying with your parents is probably not the look you want. If you want to do that behind closed doors, fine. 
but not in the public eye. Okay. Mike Smith, when I was in the hospital for a long time, really missed my dogs. Yeah. Dude, I cuddle my dogs every day. And I, I don't mind saying it. Last we night, all do. Don't pretend you don't. Yesterday, you, you know those the, the clock change is usually the best night of my life. Yeah. The, that was not the case Saturday night. We <laughs> stayed up super late watching Suits, uh, getting through th season three on Suits. Went to bed and just slept terribly. Mm -hmm. So yesterday morning, we get up and some people copped out and didn't want to play golf yesterday oh it's the coronavirus <laughs> that's actually not the reason but it's fine. whatever uh anyway um so we didn't play around the golf but i went to the driving range for 90 minutes with mrs monty then we went to costco then we went home and i slept for two hours straight yeah dude with the dog in my lap <laughs> so mrs monty's a rock star she let me sleep and i slept dude oh my god Naps did are the I, best, oh, it was amazing. Woke up and the bears had, had you know, still lost. Anyway, uh, because it's garbage. No, Bajan. no, no, don't. Uh, 1939, Harbaugh doesn't cry. No, he doesn't. That's right. That's right. Real cheaters don't cry. Uh, I mean, I don't think that's a thing. Boston, what's up, Mapes? We expected these kids to be robots, or are we tearing them to shreds if they show any emotion at all? And I think sometimes we do that. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we do that. Mike Smith, when I was in the hospital for a long time, I really missed my dogs. Yes, you did. What happened there? Uh, dogs rule. Yes, they do. Cats or dogs in the comments section, please. Uh, you know. Jeff Woodworth, somebody once told me Ollie Gordon. Somebody once told Ollie Gordon that nobody could stop him. So Ollie Gordon went out and found nobody and killed him. See, nobody. Nobody. Oklahoma stopped him. 133 yards. Hmm. Now, not that I'm a red ass. Well, I am. But am I the only one? And I kind of not intentionally, but I'm sort of not on purpose. Lit Twitter on fire yesterday. I, I'm over Mike Gundy. And I think, you guys, I think you guys know I'm a big Mike Gundy fan. Mm -hmm. But this thing with Bedlam absolutely ruined it for me. So Mike Gundy... Before Bedlam, basically said, yeah, Bedlam's not really, it's it's not that big of a game. You know, people say it's a big game. I mean, and I've said this for years, every game's a big game or the end of the year doesn't become a big game. So early in the year when we weren't playing as good, people didn't talk about the next game being a big game. But it, they get to, they continue to be to grow a little bit if you play and win the games prior to. So... Um, our team needs to approach this game with our concepts, our schemes against our concepts and their schemes. And then what we think are our strengths compared to theirs, weaknesses compared to theirs, so on and so forth. And then prepare and then go out and play hard. Um, what, that will factor into the game much more than any of, any of the sideshow that could show its face. Yeah, because Bedlam doesn't matter. Right. No, nobody cares about Bedlam. Oh, wait, you guys won? What do you mean, coach? There's been a lot of years and a lot of history and a lot of tradition with Bedlam. And um, our crowd is more engaged with our team than any of the years I've been here. I think it's about 36. Give a, give, I was gone for five, so plus 30 years. And our crowd, our fans, and our students are more engaged with our team than ever. So what they did 
is they gave them a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And I made sure that they knew that they owed them, and here's why. Early in the year, we weren't coaching very well. And I told you guys that. We, like, uh, after the third game of the year, our coaching was awful. And so we didn't play very well. And I told the coaches their coaching was awful, and my coaching was awful because I watched it happen, <clears throat> and we didn't play well. And then we practiced for two weeks and played a little better on the road, and then we came home, and they filled this place up. And then we played another good team, and they filled this place up, and they were going bonkers. When they didn't have to, because we didn't coach very well early in the year, and I wanted them to know that that was a big win for the people out there for a lot of years and for the last game for them to win Bedlam and give them a chance of a lifetime. So wait, you're saying the game does. So I'm, but it's, <clears throat> so Mike. if we take one plus two and it equals 78, you're saying that Bedlam actually mattered to the, oh, get your facts straight. You're saying Bedlam mattered to Oklahoma state fan. Well, why didn't you just say that? The other 50 times you told us that Bedlam doesn't matter to Oklahoma State fans, that Bedlam's not important, that Bedlam's no more important than any other game this year, which you and I both know is complete bullshit. It's the only game of the year that matters. You know it and I know it. You can lose the other 11, but man, you lose Bedlam. Why, why the BS? That's, dude, that's just a bunch of social media, you know, crap, dude. Come but, on. But why the BS, Mike? This is, this is the part that I don't understand. Why can't you just sit there and for 30 seconds at least stop being the troll that you know you're being? Why can't you just be honest? Why did you sit at, at Big 12 Football Media Day and say you didn't want to talk about it? I'm not here to talk about Bedlam. I'm not here to talk about it. It doesn't matter. I'm not here to talk about it. But all your fans want to talk about it. Your players care about it. But, Mike, are you saying you're out of touch? Oh, no, that's right. You're just trolling everybody. Because mm. that's what this was. Guy, you're a fraud when it comes to Bedlam. You know you care about it. You didn't care about it because you never win that game. You never win that game. I think you've won it. That might have been the first win ever in the history of Mike Gundy. Forever, it's not. That you beat Oklahoma in Bedlam. I think it's the first time ever, forever, and it's not. Um, but all of a sudden, it's a big game because you won it. Your fans have always said it was a big game. But you're such... A, a hard ass and a red ass that you won't say Bedlam's really important to this program, that this game's really important to us. That was one of the biggest wins of my coaching career because it was. Why won't you say that? And why is it such a hard thing for Mike Gundy to come out and say Bedlam matters? Why? Why won't you do it? Oh, and I know I'm just the asshole and everybody on Twitter yesterday was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I don't understand the game playing. I, you know, I, I don't understand why before the game it's, you know, oh, it's, you know, it's our concepts against their concepts. And that's just a bunch of social media noise. And then after the game, it's like, oh, that was a huge win for our fan base and for the program. Like, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to understand what the, what the. The mission was it was the mission to you know keep the players keep their heads on straight i guess i mean is that what the 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 philosophy was i guess no i like, think he's trolling tell I guess. me tell me that mike mike is not trolling here 
because there there's no way you can tell me that Mike is not trolling here. Sorry, man. Yeah. And it, I yeah. understand that probably upsets people. Erica uh, Cottle says, just a donation because of your good looks, Monty. Bless up, yo. Dude, don't encourage him, Somebody them, tell don't Mrs. Monty. Them. Somebody tell her. <laughs> uh, James, my bank blocked my Venmo, so I will donate here. FTR, Monty was exactly right with his Bedlam pick. I did say 2724. Uh, FTR is for the record. Thank you. Oh, okay. For the record. I'm not like the cool. <laughs> uh, 2724, money for the advocates, no tickets, but I would love chocolate cougar tail sent in a Ziploc bag. God, do you know how gross that would be? Oh. That would be just go just go order some Dunford's online. Man. Yeah, dude. Dunford donuts, double chocolate. Yes, please. Uh, bear down cats, man. How about Fafita again? Dude. How, when it, When is somebody going to listen to good old uncle Monty? Hey, Monty. How many times am I going to have to espouse about the greatness of Jed Fish and Noah Fafita? Back 10. Because at some point, somebody's going to listen to me, dude. Fafita against one of the best defenses in the Pac-12, 25 of 32, 300, three scores and a pick. Dude. I'm for real. I'm for real. Jason Delorna? Who? I who? 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 Jaden Delaposa? There was some other quarterback. I just can't get the name straight. Who the f*** is that guy? Yeah, Noah Fafita. That's who the quarterback oh, in Arizona yeah, is. yeah, Noah. Yeah. And I would also remind all you haters, Arizona is now bowl eligible at six and three. Mm. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for the donation, Bear Down. Appreciate you very much. Way to go. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, Fafita chicken or steak? Oh, you always got to go chicken. Chicken. You always got to go chicken. <laughs> right? And you can never be chicken uh, to go to tridaytrading.com slash Monty because that's where you're going to pay for the steak. <laughs> Tridaytrading.com. Uh, it has been a blast over the last several weeks to watch Mrs. Monty get in on her morning and night trading sessions. And I never thought I would tell you that it's exhilarating and it's fun. But TridayTrading.com, the 30-day trial membership for 10 bucks. That's all it is. 10 bucks. It's exhilarating and it's fun. It is such a, a, a wild ride trading like the Australian markets about six o'clock at night. You get in the Australian markets and you're you're trading the dollar and you're watching. Dude, it's unbelievable. And you just watch that bread tick up and down. And the best part is. They give you the indicators. Their proprietary software lets you program it. You get in at a point, you get out at a point, and you just count your bread. And I, I don't joke. It is that easy. And once you learn how to dial the algorithm in, and once you learn how to read the indicators, dude, you're just programming your trades and you're walking away from it. You trade full time, and really what that means is it's your only job. You're making $1,000 a day on average. Those who do it as a side hustle, so you spend about an hour, hour and 20 minutes in the morning, about an hour at night programming your trades, you leave for work, you come back home and you count your bread. Dude, it is so rewarding when you learn a new skill and that skill instantly translates into income. That's what you get at TridayTrading.com. Don't take my word for it. It's $10 for a 30-day trial membership and you're trading right away, almost immediately. They're giving you the software. They're giving you the coaching. Who's teaching you the indicators? It's all good, man. 
and it's 10 bucks that's a tax write-off because it's a charitable donation, get to trydaytrading.com now. And if you like gambling, if you're somebody that's into fantasy sports, that rush you get when your quarterback breaks that threshold and you win your fantasy league, that's the exact, I'm telling you, it's, they're so close. It's the exact same rush you get, but you're making real bread at trydaytrading.com. All right, let's uh, keep rolling. I'll leave, I'll leave Gundy right at that because we got to get into BYU's quarterback problem. Did you guys see BYU just absolutely get stomped by West Virginia? I mean, were you shocked at the outcome of that game? Yeah, I mean, it just was a terrible performance. I, I, I mean, you, you didn't, you didn't show up, and and we're gonna get into this Jake Retzloff situation at quarterback with BYU here. But before we do that, I just want to shout out to all the folks in Provo leading up to this game who were like, oh, Retzloff is the savior. He's the best thing ever. He's going to change the fortunes of BYU because that's all I saw, right? And this isn't about Retzloff sucking or not no. being good enough. That's not what this is about. What this is about is I don't like that in BYU land specifically. That that the the folks who cover BYU and a lot of the fan base took Keaton Slovis to the woodshed over his performances. And I agree. Keaton Slovis is no gunslinger. He's not some incredible quarterback. He is a good quarterback. He can get the job done. He can win you some ball games. And I understand there are some situations where he comes up short. But I'm not here for, oh, you know, young guy, Jake Retzlaff can come in here and do twice the job. He's so much better. Go look at his spring ball tape. All the BYU guys who that cover spring him. ball tape. The spring ball tape. Go look at all this great stuff. And then what did you do? You went to Mountain Mama and you got that ass you beat. You went to Mountain Don't Mama. Don't tell me. Don't tell me that this is on Keaton Slovis being bad. No, That's not I, what this is about. I actually think that um, it's on Jim Harbaugh and a breaking news update on the Michigan football cheating scandal. Is it, was it What's up, motherfuckers? Is that awkward? How about this story? Ross Dellinger, if you don't follow Ross Dellinger, you're missing out on Monday. The NCAA notified the Big Ten that there are no known connections between Ohio State Ryan Day or his family and the organizations investigating into Michigan, senior officials at both the NCAA and the Big Ten, told Yahoo Sports. Oh. Come on, motherfucker, let's go! So wait, let me get this right. Yeah, <laughs> but let's let's make sure that we get this right. <clears throat> oh, you guys just hate Ohio State and Michigan. You know, all these, all, you know, you what, got, you know. Wait, wait. Stay hard. Come on. Again. Come again. on. Can I... Can, Listen, as one of the as one of the people commenters said, I'm good looking, uh, and I actually know what I'm talking about when it comes to college football. Uh, as our sources told us two weeks ago, and then confirmed last week, when all the Michigan honks were like, "Oh, Ryan Day's brother," and this is this is absolutely the story. Come on, Michigan honks tried to drum up a story that Ryan Day's brothers, who own an investigation firm hacked into the computers at Michigan to uncover the Michigan 
spy, cheating, sign-stealing scandal. We told you two weeks ago, and then we reaffirmed those sources last week, that from what we are told, sources close to the situation informed us that it was an outside investigation firm brought in by Michigan to look at the athletic department after the FBI notified Michigan it would be coming in to work with the Michigan University of Michigan Police Department on the Matt Weiss computer hacking scandal. Matt Weiss, the former offensive coordinator who was fired in January, I believe, is being accused of a multi-state computer hacking scheme that encompasses multiple victims across state lines. When the FBI got involved in that investigation about five weeks ago now, our sources told us Michigan hired an outside firm to investigate the veracity of those claims and look into the computer usage by the Michigan football department. That firm, we were told by sources, uncovered the sign-stealing operation, if you will, involving Connor Stallions and the Michigan football department. Because they have a fiduciary responsibility, they are licensed in the state of Michigan, which means they have an ethical and legal obligation to report those findings to the proper authorities, which in this case was the NCAA who went to the Big Ten, who went to Michigan. We have told you twice that Ohio State, Ryan Day and his family had no involvement in this scandal. And now Ross Dellinger at Yahoo Sports is confirming our reports of two weeks and one week ago. So I would just like to say, Jake. Yeah, yeah, you know. Just saying. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Golf clap. Yeah, golf clap. Thank you. That's uh very well done, sir. Yeah. Very well done. Ross, we appreciate you as always. Yeah, dude. So wait, let me get this right. We beat you by two weeks on this. Hacks. I'm just telling you, you you have to be, you have to be clear. When you when stories like this break, and I think if you did not learn this through the Pac-12 and the ACC and the Big 12 expansion, contraction, Pac-10, your mom's house thing. You're learning it now through this Michigan scandal. If you're listening to people that are affiliated with either program, you're not getting the truth. Period. End of story. Like, on three, who is a pretty credible college sports website. I, I, no, I, I would mean, agree. Yeah, I would agree. They reported that Michigan was in possession of documents that proved Ryan Day was involved in this. <laughs> All the Michigan 247 on three blogger guy. Oh. And we told you there's no proof of this. The origins of the sign stealing operation and the and it being uncovered was an internal investigation about the veracity of the FBI's claims and the University of Michigan police's claims. And it um, they were there to look for one thing and they found another. And it just heaped on the problems. So if you're if you're going to people that are affiliated, work at, worked for, played at one of these universities, you're going in the wrong place. Correct. Because you're never going to get it right. You're never going to get it right in my opinion. I'm I'm just I'm telling you. 
Boyd Lake, uh, when your O-line is bad, everything on your team will struggle. That's mostly what happened in BYU. So back to the BYU story. Back to the top. I think I would agree with this. I think when you look at the quarterback situation, you made the change now to Jake Retzloff. Let's not play any games. He's your quarterback. Dual threat kid, really good arm, really good ability to run to run dual threat quarterback if there ever was one. But let me be unequivocal and let me be really clear about something. You made a mistake when you changed quarterbacks. Because I've heard from multiple people, and I'm not saying it's true. I'm just telling you. I've heard from multiple people at BYU that Keaton Slovis could have played at West Virginia. They saw a crack in the door. And they booted it open and they stuck Jake Retzloff through the opening. And it was a mistake. He was not a difference maker for BYU this weekend. And I'll go back to what Boyd Lake just said. Because we've been talking about this now. The line play at BYU is not good enough. Is that Kalani Sataki's fault? No, it's not. And I want you to hear me say this. Because BYU fans... If you're the people saying that Kalani Sataki should be fired, go root for Utah because you're not a BYU guy. You don't get it. It's year one in the Big 12. We were talking about this team being a three-win team, and they're on the verge of, of bowl eligibility. And what did I tell you at the beginning of the season? If this team wins six games, put a statue up in front of Lavelle Edwards Stadium because Kalani deserves it. He's the right head coach. He's got the right staff in place. Is Aaron Roderick the guy? I don't know. There is a lot of frustration in that locker room. We talk to BYU players on a regular basis. There's a lot of frustration in that offensive locker room. Jake Retzloff is the future. He shouldn't be the now. He shouldn't be the now. Because Keaton Slovis is not the problem at BYU. The offensive line is. The problem at BYU, LJ Martin is not available. So he's not getting the ball 20 times a game. The problem is Cody Epps hasn't been available. Two catches and I think 20 yards against West Virginia is not nearly enough for an NFL caliber wide receiver who chose to come back to BYU. The offensive line is the problem at BYU. I would dare say the play calling is the problem at BYU. They've Are they talented enough? They're not. Let's pull no punches. BYU is not talented enough to compete in the pack in the uh, Big 12. But the thing we've learned is when you go into a P5 conference, there's there's an escalator you got to ride. And BYU is recruiting at a very nice level right now. But again, I want to make this really clear. This was a mistake. If Keaton Slovis was in fact healthy and you did not play him against West Virginia, that's a you problem. That's a you problem. Because you should have played Keaton Slovis against West Virginia. Thanks. There, There is no doubt about that. And I, I think very simply, we tell you every day on this show that Prize Picks is our official daily fantasy partner. That's right. And that you should be playing Prize Picks with us because certain people are terrible at it. And you know, hey, you start talking shit. The same way that I know that you're far more intelligent than certain people <coughs> on Prize Picks. <coughs> now, I'm not trying to point the finger at anybody. But when you start seeing a guy who loses his prize picks bread regularly by picking kickers. And what does he continue to do? I mean, well, clearly he goes away from 
kicking the picker, kicking the picker. Uh, he plays. <laughs> See, that's what you get. See, that's what you get. What, what you do is you go away from picking the kicker. Yeah, we're not making any changes. But Jake, did you go away from from kicking the picker? Yeah, we're not making any changes. Nope. Hell no. Nope. Jake instead decided to go Greg Zerloin for six. Excuse me, who's Greg Zerloin? He's the loin of Greg Zerloin. Okay, thank you. Um, he you took Greg Zerloin for six kicking points. Yes. The kicker of the San Diego Chargers who play in Los Angeles. The chances that this is going to come through for you. I mean, if it were facial recognition, a chance between zero and one, I would say the chances of it happening facial are like recognition. a zero. Mm-hmm. Tyrese Maxey, uh, four and a half points in the first quarter. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Guy. What? Do you do you really think that he scored five points? Greg Zerline is not the kicker for the Chargers, dude. He's the kicker for the Jets. Same thing. Yeah. Thanks. Zach Wilson can't even get a first down. How are they going to have a field goal attempt in this? Better game? send those refunds. <laughs> All right, let's talk about winning on prize picks because your boy has been red hot on prize picks. How about uh, Justin Herbert? 253 yards more? <laughs> yes. Uh, that's my, that was my pick. Thanks. No, mm. uh, it's I. It's you stole it from me. Uh, Tobias Harris, Philadelphia 76ers. Against one of the worst defensive teams in the entire association. 15 and a half points. I took more. Yes. Uh, Quentin Johnston. Johnston. Los Angeles Chargers who should be playing in Wales' vagina. Right. 32 and a half receiving yards. I took more. Right. Yes. And then the the Manchurian. The, the, he's not Manchurian. That'd be fake. Uh, well, let's hope he's not. Uh, anyway, what I had meant to say was Paulo Bancaro. Yeah. Stay hard. Yeah. 32 and a half points, rebounds, and assists against the Dallas Mavericks. I like that. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Daddy taking home a bench eating night. What do you think my chances are? 0. 0.6. <laughs> well. Connor Stallions does have on his Raymans tonight, Mike. Yeah, you know. Sign Steeler guy. I'm telling you. <laughs> go and get it right now in the link below, you guys. Prize picks the official daily There's fantasy your boy. partner. He's on the two. Let's go, Tobias Harris. Facial recognition. Let's go. I'm telling you. I'm feeling really good about those picks tonight. Prize picks has been a revelation on the showgram. I love playing it. The app just downloaded in the description below. It'll embed the code Monty for you, which gets you 100% deposit matching from PrizePix at prizepix.com. Use the promo code Monty or just click the link in the description below. Holy cow, what a show. Uh, James. Okay, I realize sending cougar tail in the mail might be hard. Well, that's human trafficking. So you're going to have to call Teddy Wayman for that because we don't. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. It's not what we do. Oh, you mean the donut. My bad. My bad, James. Sorry, I was just drunk on the uh, <laughs> on the Bedlam win. Mike Gundy's rhetoric. I'm just high as a kite on right, Mike Gundy. Right. Uh, how about tickets to next year's BYU Oak State game in Provo? No, I'm sending you a donut in the mail. Yeah. Uh, Tanner Plummer. They want to kill the narrative that only Mormons go to BYU. Damn, damn, Mormons. 
Look, they're all 30-year-old grown men. In which, God's name, look at, image, and likeness. I've counted the chest hair on the Mormons, and it's a lot at BYU. <laughs> wow. Not, uh, yeah. Do people really believe that only Mormons go to BYU? Is that is that true? That's not true. Uh, Boss Frog, most organizations who contract a vendor go through a due diligence process. Normal questions that's asked is if a conflict of interest may exist, I'm sure UM did the same. Oh, I'm sure they did. Mm -hmm. you, who are we talking to? Boss Frog knows all about fiduciary responsibility. I believe, you're, I believe you're in compliance in the financial industry. It, it is, I mean, you know, the idea that Ryan Day committed federal crimes to expose Jim Harbaugh. I believe he <laughs> I'm still laughing at that. Yeah, it's it's one of the worst takes I've ever heard. He's not committing federal crimes. Stop it. Stop it. Jim Choi. BYU going bowling. They they got six wins yet. They don't. They do not. Uh Brandon Butler, Jakey Two Holes excelling at pipe picks. <laughs> dude, you're not even wrong, dude. Y you are not wrong. The cack. <sighs> Aaron Wilson, Monty talking shiz to Jake is great. I'm just saying. Lance Johnson, Greg, a, uh, a heroine just called me and said WTF. Okay, I don't know what that means, man. Ron Nolan, why is BYU making it a big deal that their new quarterback is Jewish? Who says they're making that a big deal? Did I miss something on that? Yeah, I don't understand that. I don't think they are. OG Gary, Jets are going to smoke the Chargers. Where are nah, you guys at on this game? Nah, dude. Here's my biggest concern, and it's Chargers at the Jets. Mm -hmm. The Jets are plus three, 40 and a half is a number. I think that 40, I think that 40 number is going to be very difficult. I don't know. Uh, I don't know that. I don't know. How do you feel about the over in that game? Oh, I think I I think that this is going to go one of two ways, and I think it's more likely to go under than over, honestly. I, I think that the Jets struggle to score. Uh, without a doubt, but but the question is going to be, does uh, does Sex Machine throw the patented interception that he's known for in this game? Because ultimately, it's the Jets' defense against against Justin Herbert, and I think that's what's tough about this game is that if Justin Herbert comes out and executes, and he does hit on the two fifty three and a half or whatever that number was uh, that I have him at, then they're going to win this game. But if Justin Herbert does what he usually does, which is throw for a bunch of yards, but ultimately you end up turning it over and giving the opposition extra possessions. This could be a much closer game. So 40 and a half feels like, you know, this game should go under because the Jets obviously have Zach Wilson going. That offense is going to struggle. But if Justin Herbert's going to turn it over, maybe this game does go over. And that's why I have Greg Zerline uh, for more than six kicking points tonight because I think that the Jets are going to be uh, in 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 the Chargers part of the field a good part of tonight. I think that they're not going to be able to get the job done. Uh, I think that the Jets really struggle to convert on their possessions, but ultimately I think this game goes under. I think Zach Wilson, while he is progressing, is still a young guy. He's still somebody that is struggling to, to, to do his job at a really high level. I would love to say that Brees Hall is going to have you know, some great game and that they're just going to explode on this Chargers defense. But I, I don't see that happening. And I also think, dude, this Brandon Staley situation with his seat being hot, I, I think we can't forget about. Brandon Staley is someone who is underachieved as a head coach. The Chargers have seemingly not been able to win that that 
win a big game, but also just win enough games. I, I, I feel like we're constantly talking about the Chargers being an underachieving team. So in this game, 40 and a half, I feel like it should go under because the Jets are just terrible on offense. But would anyone be surprised if Herbert turned it over tonight and the Jets took advantage of that? I Okay, so I just get back in the room and your first comment is the Herbert turns it over and the Jets score. Yeah. No, the question is, would anybody be surprised if Justin Haybear, the sex machine, went for 40 points on his own? No, that's not the question. And threw they're six not, touchdowns. They're not doing that on the Jets' defense. Well, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not. Ain't a chance in the world. And I said it before uh, Tinkletown, but I think when you look at Chargers at Jets, the question is, how much how much can you expect out of the, the Chargers wide receivers? And I think without Palmer, and I think Austin Eckler is a very small dude. And <laughs> I, I continue to say the play calling in that offense is spectacular. They don't have a right guys to run the offense that they want to run. I just don't feel like they've ever gotten over the hump with Brandon Staley and company. With this setup, they've never been able to just, you know, get to that next level as a team. Like, they've never, like, Justin Herbert's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and pretty much everybody agrees on that. Everybody agrees that this guy is capable of 5,000 yards every single year, and if you give him the right weapons, he could be that guy for, like, 10 years in a row. The problem is, is that the play calling is suspect. They can't keep their guys healthy and they can never win the division. And that's the issue. And so when I sit here and I look at, oh, well, hey, Chargers are playing the Jets. Jets don't really have an offense. They've got a phenomenal well, defense. And this game, the over-under is 40 and a half. I'm sitting here saying, okay, yeah, dude, Austin Eckler is a tiny dude. You don't have Josh Palmer. You, you, you know, you, you, you have injuries to wide receivers. So I don't know, man. I, I just don't trust the Chargers. And it's not even about the sex machine. Does he turn it over? Yes, he turns it over. But that's largely not even on him. That's largely on his wide receivers not catching the football. But I think you look at Kellen Moore, and he has definitely been a lift for this offense. Mm -hmm. The issue continues to be, I think they have the wrong talent. And I think they have the wrong guy at, at, as a head coach. I mean... Listen, I think Brandon Staley is is a guy that had a lot of hope coming in, but has he really been has Brandon Staley really been a lift for the the San Diego but we play in LA Chargers cuz our owners are jerks? No. I I don't think he has. He's been that guy that gets you to the game and can never get over the hump. Yeah. I I think it is one of those things where he's a defensive guy on a team that needs an offensive guru. And and I'm not telling you that Kellen Moore is all of a sudden the guy that should be the head coach of the, the L.A. Chargers. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you need an offensive head coach. And I think if you if you look at Mike McDaniels, what's the what's the issue in in Miami? In my opinion, and it's just my opinion, when you when you throw flashbangs down the field the entire game, you're going to lose. That's that's the issue. Like I, I look at the Dallas Cowboys and all of the all of this talk about, oh, Dak's the problem. I don't think Dak's the problem in Dallas. I don't. But you cannot step out of bounds when he stepped out of bounds. Can we just be really honest about Dak Prescott? You can't have a toe out of bounds with the game on the line and you're standing it on the goal line, basically, and you stepped out of bounds. But are you How? less than a foot from the pylon? How? How do you step out of bounds right there if you're Dak Prescott? Inexcusable.
But is Dak Prescott really the problem in Dallas? I, I think the problem in Dallas, like watch, like watching Dak yesterday in this Philly game, I, I, I look at that game and and I sit there and my first my first observation, and I know I'm not reinventing the wheel, dude. That Philly defensive line dominated you. Yeah, number one, number one. So the offensive line is a huge problem. That's number one. Number two, dude. I think Dak is doing the absolute best he can do with the offensive line that he's been given because anytime that Jalen Carter is constantly in your backfield, that's going to be an issue, but I he have is a, a disruptor. I have another problem with this, this Dallas offense. And that was late game execution. Do you understand? Let's put the Dak stepping out of bouncing aside for one moment. Do you understand how untimely some of those false starts were? Oh Do you understand? God. The fact that Philly was offsides, right? Phil, Jalen Carter, I believe it was, was in the neutral zone. They gave you an additional five yards, which you proceeded to, to follow up with a false start. So you gave it right back. That's my problem. And that happens too often in Dallas. And I don't, I'm not even saying that's all on Dak. This feels like a bigger problem than Dak now. It's a discipline problem. The reality is, though, to your point, Dak could have put all that away by not stepping out of bounds. If he doesn't step out of bounds, the Cowboys win that game, and we're having a very different discussion. Um, and I, I still don't think even if they win that game, are they going to win the NFC East? Eh, probably not. Yeah, but now it's definitive. You're not going now, to. I think that's correct. And I think the bigger question is how healthy is Jalen Hurts? Because I'll be the only guy, again, and I'm probably not the only guy now, but I'll be the only I'll be the guy to stand here and cheerlead for Jalen Hurts because I think he is an elite talent in this league. And I think he is showing you that he has he has been worth every every ounce of consternation. And now that he is injured, you're starting to understand that he may well be the most important person in that lineup. And I think you're you're looking at a team that is fully capable of winning the NFC championship again. And I think I look at the Cincinnati Bengals. And Smoke and Joe is back. You can tell this cat was not healthy when the season started. No, he was not. This run they're on right now, and I guess it's his last four games, he has been nothing short of elite. Joseph Lieber. And my God. Well, I think it's not just him, though. I mean, you're talking about a Bengals lineup that, you know, T. Higgins was hurt, right? Jamar had some injury issues and is still dealing with that back after that fall he, he took yesterday. He and, like, you know, I, I I just look at the Bengals, and I, and I feel like they're a team that – yeah, was injured to start the year, and their record reflects that. And so now they're going to have to go on a run, and they're going to have to prove that they can they can be that guy again. And the real problem is, for, for Cincinnati Bengal fan, this is the last year all these dudes are going to be together because of the cap. So you, you, you are in a make-or-break situation, which is why I say again, this is why I say again, when I look at teams like the Cowboys or the Eagles or the Bengals, dude, hell, the Steelers, bro, your quarterback makes or breaks you. And we're finding out real quick that Jalen Hurts, give him credit, absolute tank. He could have easily not come back in that game, could have easily said, yeah, you know what, took a knee-to-knee -knee contact, that really hurt, but what did he do? He ran, notice what he did, four seconds left in the half, what did he do? Ran his ass to the locker room, even though it hurt, came right back out, no problem at all. That's the kind of quarterback you need for Philly. But I also look at somebody like, I don't know, C.J. Stroud in Houston. Dude.
do, do the Houston Texans have a quarterback? I think they do. Yeah. Now, what are you going to do to support him? Because that's the bigger question. Are you going to invest in the offensive line? Are you going to invest in the skill positions? Are you going to invest in the support staff? Because he's all that matters. And and I, I again, go to Matt Eberflunky with the Chicago Bears. Can't have a defensive guy when Justin Fields is your quarterback. Oh, Tyson Badgett. He's the next greatest guy that's a terrible quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I'm watching this. I'm watching the Bears game yesterday. And I, I was thinking about you yesterday while I'm watching this game. Because what did I hear on the broadcast yesterday? Oh, well, well, Tyson is 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 nowhere near the runner that Justin Fields is, but he can still make plays. Ugh. The narrative totally flipped now that Buddy's thrown some interceptions and shown us his true colors. So it's wild. So so that's why I say, like, ultimately. I'm with you. C.J. Stroud is a dude. C.J. Stroud is somebody you should build around. Bryce Young, I, I'm not sure. He's not in a very he's not on a very good team. Totally get it. Probably a little early to be saying that the guy's not not him. But C.J. Stroud is showing us he gets it. C.J. Stroud, 46 seconds left in the game, takes you down the field to win the game. Enough said. Build around the guy. Yeah. So to me, I look at the league and I say, hey. We're starting to get into haves and have-nots. Tua yesterday, dude. I, I'm. I, I don't want to hear Dolphin fan. Your you your team needs to show me that you can beat a team that has a record above 500. Because you seem to beat all the crap teams in the league, but you don't beat the good teams in the league. And now you know. I also I also look at the uh, New York Giants, and I say to myself, What on earth are you going to do now? Because mm. if you are the New York Giants, you are in a situation where, dude, I don't think you have any answers. And are you really going to just ride or die with Brian Dable? <laughs> Bro, you got boat raced by Antonio Pierce yesterday. You don't know who that is? Yeah, he's the new head coach of the, the Las Vegas Raiders on an interim basis. And they kicked your ass. And now Daniel Jones has a torn ACL. You're in real trouble because you you may not win another game the rest of the year. I think that team, you might be looking at a coaching change after this season because, one, you're not talented, and, two, Daniel Jones has not developed at all. He wasn't exactly kicking ass before his ACL quit. Like, I, I the New York Giants are an absolute disaster. Yeah, I mean, you haven't been good since – I mean, you really haven't been the same organization since Tom Coughlin left. I mean, let's be honest. Like you, I mean, I know Jason Garrett was was solid there, but you haven't been Super Bowl caliber New York Giant football since then for some and, time. And Dayball is certainly not that answer. And 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 again, they're one of those teams, much like the Jets, right? The New York teams are always are are super important in any sports league. The New York Giants are an iconic brand that deserve better, and. I've never really been a Daniel Jones guy. I don't think he has the goods. You, if you're not going to be a dual threat quarterback, you damn well better have a cannon. You damn well better be a 4,000-yard guy, and he's not. And and it doesn't help him that Saquon Barkley's been hurt. I agree. Um, and it doesn't help him that Brian Dayball is an average-ass head coach who has no business being the head coach of the Giants, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and and <laughs> if I were if I were Brian Dayball, I would get to soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty right now because you can't tell me homeboy doesn't snore. He must. Now I don't know if he's, he, I don't know if he has sleep apnea or not. But here's the thing I know because we're partners with Sound Sleep Medical. Snoring and sleep apnea, while a lot of times they go together, are not mutually exclusive. And guys, if you snore, 
If your significant other snores, there's a lot of guys who, who reached out to us and said, hey, my wife snores. Absolutely, you should go to soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty and sign up for their at-home sleep study because it will change your life. And I, I implore you, and if you're one of the guys on the show that's done the sleep study, because I know so many of our listeners have, you guys, if you have done the sleep study, speak up because it's it'll change your life. All you do is go in, you make an appointment at soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty, sign up for the, the, medical, the sleep evaluation in your home. You go in, they give you the, the, the monitor and it's a little chest monitor and a ring you wear. They monitor your sleep for a night and then they tell you, yeah, hey, you know what? You actually stopped breathing here. Or no, you know what? You, you just, you snore, your airways blocked or you have sleep apnea. Here's our solution. And the thing about Sound Sleep Medical and the reason I love them so much is they don't do the CPAP machine that so many guys are scared of. And I understand why you're scared of it. You feel like you're on it for the rest of your life. It leaves marks on your face. You're embarrassed about it. You don't want anybody to know. You don't have to do that anymore because Sound Sleep Medical has a custom fit solution for you. Treat snoring and sleep apnea with no masks and no tubes. Just better, healthier sleep with Sound Sleep Medical. Use code MONTY, M-O-N-T-Y, to schedule a free sleep assessment today. soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Now, if you are new to the show today, you might not know that we are giving you a trip to Las Vegas to see the Raiders take on the Miami Dolphins on December 9th and 10th. You get dinner for two at Mastro's Ocean Club. You also get two nights at the Flamingo. You get two tickets to the game. It is going to be an unbelievable trip. You get a $200 Visa gift card to get you there. It is going to be a great weekend. And is Josh Dobbs not one of the best stories in the NFL right now? Hmm. And Jaron Hall goes out yesterday <clears throat> with a concussion. Dobbs comes in, had never practiced, had not even ever taken a snap with the Minnesota Vikings and leads them to a victory, unified them, excited them. It was an unbelievable story. You're going to see him in Las Vegas one month from now. Everybody who goes to soundsleepmedical.com and signs up for their sleep study you're entered to win. Now, if you are a member of the show on any level, a $1.99 membership on this show gets you 10 to 1 entries. So as a member for $1.99, you go sign up, you get 10 times the entries. As a $9.99 member on the show, which means you're in our Instagram members only group, you get 25 to 1 entries. It's so easy to win, you guys. Get to it, soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty. All right, less of us, more of you. Uh, 45 minutes left in the show. We always try to get your uh, comments in here. Boss Frog was giving me his betting line for tonight um, or his positions. Did a round robin tonight just to get a taste. Chargers minus three, my guy. Let's go. Heat minus one. Rockets money line. Now see this Bulls pick. This mm. Bulls pick is really interesting. Now you guys probably know this. I'm a long-suffering member of Meyer and we, the Chicago Bulls. Right. The Utah Jazz are in Chicago to take on the beloved. The Bulls are minus four and a half right now. And I feel pretty good the Bulls are going to win this game because if we're being honest, the Utah Jazz are the worst defensive team in the NBA. The worst. And I don't know that it's close. Washington certainly is one of those the worst teams. 
But I think the Utah Jazz, with an awkward cast of characters, some unbelievable belief that feeding Lori Markinen is somehow the land of opportunity, because it's not, and that Jordan Clarkson somehow is a guy that he he's the guy who can lead us back. Mm-hmm. He won't be here after the trade deadline. You have too many guards and an awkward fit of, of dudes on this Utah Jazz team. And I love Laurie Marketing. I am absolutely a believer in John Collins. But Jordan Clarkson's the problem on this team. This young guard rotation's the problem on this team. Colin Sexton is a great energizer who still does not play defense. And there it, it was the first three, four games. Well, you know, they're not a transition defensive team. Now it's the half court that's completely falling apart. And Walker Kessler can't block every shot. I'm just telling you, this is not the team. And anybody who had expectations coming into this team, and I love the Jazz fan who's like, oh, I told you that. I told you before the draft. I told you last. You, shut up. Everybody after the draft is like, oh, yeah, this team's a playoff team. And I've been telling you, this is not the playoff team because this is not the roster that's going to be here. Yeah, and, and I think what's tough is like, because you're you're such a young team, your transition defense isn't going to be good. Your, your half-court defense is not going to be good. And, and you know, I, I think people are discounting Mike Conley's impact on last year's team from a defensive standpoint. I mean, you had a guy... Granted, who had some injury issues, right? Mike's been known to have injury issues. Yes. But you had a guy who was a leader and taught people where they needed to be and the defensive scheme and how to properly do those things. So to me, I I just look at this and I say, hey, like, this team is not some, you know, juggernaut uh, of a team right now. And they're still in the rebuild process. And I think Walker Kessler is a damn good player. He, he he. But to your point, he can't block every single shot. So... When Colin Sexton is, you know, making a mockery of his defensive matchup, you're going to deal with that right now. But ultimately, I agree. The trade deadline is going to be super important for the Jazz this year. They need to find the right mix of guard slash big. Taylor Hendricks needs to find a way to get more minutes, right? You need Sensabaugh to find a way yes, to get you do. more minutes. These guys are going to be important moving forward. They're just not going to play in the first half of the season because you need to make trades at the deadline to get them time. Yeah, I think you're looking at a very difficult, difficult situation for the Jazz. But uh, Boss Frog, I love Bulls minus four. I think you're in good shape there. Mike Smith, what QC at Kevin Destroyer? Two baseball players that came back to play quarterback. What? I loved Romo. I I, I don't know what you mean. Uh, Bryce Martin. How about my boy, CJ Stroud? We found our quarterback for sure. Now, I don't think there's any doubt. You got to build around him. You've got to run the football more and you have got to get better skill position players. And I think you'll, you'll be great. AAR says advanced scouting versus blatant cheating. There's a line. There's a line. If you're just tuning into the show, a really significant update, uh, on the Michigan football cheating scandal. Um, First, I think a, a huge story is Michigan Athletic Director Ward Manuel is not attending the college football playoff committee meeting tomorrow in Dallas. Uh, he says that he has to stay in Ann Arbor to handle football-related business on the investigation into our football program. Um, 
Ward Manuel, the athletic director for Michigan, who has one of the highest honors currently available in college football, which is being in the room and deciding who goes to the college football playoff, is not going to be in Dallas tomorrow to vote. Yeah. That is, that tells you the gravity of this. Tony Petiti uh, gave notice to Michigan of allegations that they are stealing signs illegally. Our sources told us that the Big Ten is likely to impose a four-game suspension of Jim Harbaugh, which would be a total suspension, not, hey, you're just off on Saturdays. But Sunday through Friday, you're in, Jimmy, because that's what his three-game ban was earlier this year. No, friends. He will be away from the football program for a month, which makes sense. The last three games of the year in the Big Ten championship game would be that fourth game. I think it's going to satisfy some and largely not many others because I think there's a lot of people who want Michigan out of the postseason, but we'll see because there is a lot of opinion and conjecture about what the appropriate punishment would be. The Big Ten tells Michigan football that the head coach is responsible for the actions of his staff. Our sources also told us in a meeting on Saturday with the administration at Michigan, Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten, informed Michigan that whether or not Jim Harbaugh knew is irrelevant. The head football coach is responsible for the actions of his staff. So this plausible deniability, which again, I tell you, is it does not exist. And whether it's Cowherd or whoever you want to point to that's using, well, what's his plausible deniability that could save Jim Harbaugh? That doesn't exist. Yeah. That tells you whoever's saying that doesn't know what they're talking about. Because it, it it does not exist. And then I think a massive update coming, on, uh, coming out um, just this evening, um, which I, and listen, I think we've, we've, we've done a pretty good job on this story. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see this from Ross Dellinger at Yahoo, confirming what we reported last, last week, last Friday, and then the week before that. The NCAA notified the Big Ten that there are no known connections between Ohio State's Ryan Day or his family and the organization's investigation into Michigan. Senior officials at the NCAA and the Big Ten tell Yahoo Sports. Because there had been all these wild rumors that Ryan Day's family, which does own an investigation firm, had, you know, by some allegations broken federal law by hacking into the Michigan computer system to uncover these these revelations. We told you straight away two weeks ago that was not the case. We double confirmed that Friday, I believe. We, we told you on the show that just simply was not the case. And we'll continue to tell you what we have been told by sources very close to this thing, that the Michigan sign-stealing operation, if you will, was uncovered uncovered by an internal investigation at Michigan. So anybody that is affiliated with Michigan or Ohio State works there, covers that team for a blog, because I think now you have to really question the the, the journalistic, journalistic integrity of somebody like On3, who ran headfirst with this story. Absolutely. And reported that Michigan was in possession of documents proving, proving that Ryan Day was involved with this. 
that's just never been the case. Yeah. I, I don't know who told you that, but that's not accurate. Yeah, I think it's I think it is very problematic. And I think there's been a lot of that in this Michigan situation. I mean, we've seen it, we've seen, you know, much like the Pac twelve stuff, like there were a lot of people who said a lot of things that just simply are not true. And it's unfortunate, but it is the reality of the situation. And I think that you know, unfortunately, on three is the latest victim of reporting something that just is baseless. Uh, there's nothing. I mean, literally, like there's nothing. And it happens repeatedly where somebody will throw out something, get a bunch of clicks, get a bunch of views, and then it will be deadpan. Yeah. And I, I'm just amazed by it because it happens with every major story. It happens too much. Yeah. Uh, Lance Johnson, Burrow had my ass. Uh huh. That's a good win for Kansas City over Miami. It was, but by, by the way, by the way, protein isolate. Um, did you guys happen to see that all of the Kansas City Chiefs wags, wives and girlfriends, wags, W-A-G, wags, uh, they watched the game over at Taylor Swift's apartment. Oh, mm. that's so cute. That is so nice, <laughs> right? That's, that's just so amazing that. Taylor is is founded in her her heart um, to you know embrace the Kansas City Chiefs wives and girlfriends as her own sisterhood of the Travis Kelsey Schwanz and I just you know I find that so heartwarming and um, awkward and macaque. You, you, well, I don't know that we need to go that far, but I think yeah, I'm not talking about that. Yeah, it's incredibly awkward. But hey, who am I to right, say? Right. You know. Right. Um I think it's so weird that now she's just neck deep already in Travis Kelsey's business. Yeah. Do you, I mean it's It's weird, dude. I, you know, it, I I don't know. I I yeah. I I try not to be mean about it, but like, is it mean? The concept of the wives and girlfriends of the players hanging out is not foreign. I mean, that's does how she, it works. Does she give them free tickets? Probably. She does. She she You it, must. Yeah. You must. Uh AAR says uh Taylor Swift Swifties Chiefs Kingdom. It is what it is. Yeah, I guess. It is what it is. You just better hope they don't break up, man. Gumby Fresh Out says he's first today. You're always first, dude. You're my guy. Uh, Derek Roche, everyone in uh, YouTube forgets about being lied to sooner than later if it, if even ever realizes it. Well, you better get on that train with Utah. How about what's going on at Utah with Brand Keithy and, and Cam Rising? It is, uh, it's too much noise to ignore now. Like, I mean, we're hearing repeatedly that there is a major fraction between Cam Rising and the Utah football department. And I, I don't know. I don't know for a fact. There was a wild rumor today that Cam Rising was transferring to USC next year. I highly doubt that. But I don't think you can ignore the noise anymore that there is a, a major breakdown between Cam Rising and the Utes. And I don't know. Brant Keithy is a very quiet, private man by nature. Um, but... Am I the only one that is a little surprised we have not heard from Brant Keithy? It's odd. Am I the only one that's a little surprised that Cam Rising was day-to-day -day and now all of a sudden he's out for the year? Am I the only one 
who is no longer willing to ignore the fire. And I, I, I think it's no longer smoke. I think it is a blaze that Cam Rising is never going to play for the Utes again. Yeah, and that's why I say like it's it, it, like we can Wit and company can sit here and play this game, but the, the game only goes so far. I, I mean, Utah. The the let me say this: the media in Salt Lake is a small circle. You're very and, small. And rumors and conjecture and thoughts and opinions get around very quickly. And so it is odd that we haven't heard from Brent, and it, and it is starting to really feel like it feels tangible that there is something there. And of course, you know, no one's going to say anything during season, but it'll all come out eventually. We will know it will come out. And I hope it doesn't result in Cam playing for another program, but I have to agree. I mean, I, I don't it's know hard how to it envision, it's hard to envision him playing for the Utes again. I don't know how it doesn't. And I think, listen, I really, yeah, I mean, if you've watched the show, you know, I love, I love, Cam Rising. I think his story is phenomenal. Um, he was never the guy that they wanted to be quarterback. I mean, quitter, noodle arm quarterback, got as much opportunity as anybody. And then Cam just took this team by the balls and and rocketed to stardom. And the part that's so remarkable for me is none of this was about his play on the field. All of this fallout for Cam Rising. And everything that's happened this year for Cam Rising in Utah football was completely unnecessary. And if you're a Utah fan and you're one of the people who went after Cam Rising on social media, you, this is your fault. Congratulations. The abysmal, terrible Ute fan base on Twitter, you won again. Congratulations. Great job. You ran... You ran Cam Rising out of the out of the building. For real. Way to go. Way to go. Ute fans are not bad fans. Ute fans on Twitter, you're an embarrassment. You're disgusting, and I I have no desire to have you as part of my Twitterverse, which is frankly why I I don't interact with Ute fans on Twitter. They are absolutely abysmal. They are they are just goons, and it's it's really unfortunate because Cam Rising's a good dude. He is a hard worker. He cares immensely about the University of Utah. And if that cat transfers to another school, that's your fault. That is 100% your fault. And if you are a Utah fan, you should be embarrassed. Yeah. Because the fact that you do not police your, your, your own people is ridiculous. And you can say whatever you want about, oh, TDS down south. I don't see BYU fan running people out of town. I don't see BYU fans regularly as a matter of routine attacking their players on Twitter. You just don't see it. I don't see Utah fan apologizing for the embarrassment that was your Pac-12. The, the apologies never come. And it's it, I, I'm, I'm just telling you, this is your fault. If Brant Keithy suits up for another university, that's your fault, Ute fan. It's a disgrace. That cat is a good dude who should never have been in this position. And it's embarrassing that Cam Rising tore every ligament in his knee and had a significant cartilage injury and was on the verge of coming back and you just couldn't control yourself. And it caused friction in the program. 
and you blamed everybody who was anybody from Kyle Whittingham to the doctors to Cam Rising, who you went after on Twitter. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Uh, OG Gary, now I think Cam is going to combine it. Keithy could come back. I don't think Cam Rising's going to the NFL. How could he? And I'm not ready to commit to that because I've heard, I've heard so many different ways and talked to several people about it who just, nobody believes Cam Rising's going to the NFL draft. And I just don't, I don't know, man. Well, I just don't think he has the draft stock right now that he wants. No. Like, I mean, how could he? I mean, you've been hurt. He, I, I, I mean, you need to come out and, and this is, this would be my thing for Cam. And I hope Utah fan gets my point here. Dude, Cam, you need to go to a program that is offensive-minded. You need to go somewhere that, for one year, can provide you an opportunity to show everything that you got in the bag. That's right. Your arm, your mobility. Granted, it's not a ton of mobility, but it's enough mobility. Oh, he is a pure, and who knows what he'll be like after the knee injury. He was an absolute dual threat. Cam Rising was a weapon with his legs. And he was he was the very definition of an instinctual football player. He was a joy to watch. He was a warrior. He took hits. He did what had to be done to win the game. And he played a huge part in back-to-back Pac-12 championships. And it's just, it's it's disgusting what Ute fans have done. It, it is absolutely your fault. You you not only collected the wood, you not only collected the kindling. You poured a bunch of kerosene on it, and then you just kept putting more wood and more flame, and you ran that kid out of town. If he transfers, this is your fault because I can't logically see him. Why Why isn't he playing this year? If he was going to the NFL, why hasn't he played this year? Because by all accounts, he could have played. And then all the heat got turned up and a fracture developed. And... I think it's brutal. I really do. Tone, if Cam was playing this year, he would be about a top six QB in the Pac-12, but Utah would be a lot better in a, 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 a top six. Okay, so if he was playing right now, I think you have to put Penix and Caleb Williams on a different level. Cam Rising is as good as Bo Nix and a better thrower. I think Cam Rising is better than... DJ Uyunglele, I think he's better than Noah Fafita. I mean, I, I, I don't, frankly, I, I don't, like Cam Ward is not a factor. No. Any of the nine quarterbacks at, at, at ASU. Clearly better than Dante Moore. What do you mean top six? He's top three. He's not Michael Penix and he's not Caleb Williams. He is as good as Bo Nix. I think we so quickly forget how dominant Cam Rising was. And I hope you don't. Because I think he is, I think he's better. Nathan Montgomery, if Michigan men were real Michigan men, they would want Jim to be fired and the last 30 wins vacated. Well, I don't know about all that. Well, you wouldn't be defending Jim Harbaugh. No. Because as we talked about earlier in the show, the list of guys and Matt Campbell, um, I think Lane Kiffin, I, I mean, there's just so many dudes that are available to you for that job. It's one of the premier jobs in college football. And yet you're willing to fight tooth and nail for it. And I I just don't understand it. I, I don't understand it. I never will understand it. I, I just won't. 
for my, in my opinion. Ron Nolan, get Utah fan out of your mouth. That is one hell of a broad stroke. Ridiculous. No, it's not. No, it's not. Utah fan on Twitter is an abysmal, embarrassing goon. And I will not change my mind. You will not bully me. You are not, you are not of consequence. You guys are a bunch of assholes on Twitter. It, it's as strongly as I can say it. Nobody wants to interact with you. Nobody likes tweeting with you because you're loudmouths, you're tough guys, you threaten people, and there's just no reason for that. It's college football. And he's a college football player. And it's ridiculous the amount of hate that Utah fan directed at Cam Rising on social media. It's embarrassing. And Ron, no, I will not. I will not get Utah fan out of your mouth. No, I will not. No, thanks. Uh, imagine a package deal of Cam and Brandt to Oregon. My goodness, boy, that would be a slap in the face. <laughs> that would be terrible. Um, let's see. Green Street Utes. Go back to Cougar Board where dumb thoughts like this are supposed to be spoken. So what's dumb about it? Tell me what's dumb about it, tough guy. Like, okay, so all of a sudden you're the guy who says, hey, no, we're great on Twitter. No, you're not. You guys are a bunch of assholes on Twitter. You are, you are renowned as the worst fan base on Twitter. You are so renowned that people didn't want you in the Big 12 because of your Twitter presence, because of the fact that, oh, we're never leaving. We're not going and we're not stepping down to the Big 12. Remember yeah, all that? How many times did we hear that? Remember that? Oh, we're too good for the Big 12, the truck stop conference. Remember all that? Oh, I'll get my name. Get, get their names out of my mouth. Well, as soon as you're... As soon as you're done owning the goonery of, oh, well, we're not stepping down to the Big 12. Oh, you stepped down to the Big 12 now, did you, big boy? Did you really? No, you didn't. You're an embarrassment to the Utah fan base. And, and it and it's not close. It's, it's not close. And if that upsets you, I don't care. Because it's the reality of the situation. I just don't care. I don't, and the best part is, like all these goons on Twitter from Utah are like, oh, hey, like coming up to us at the Grizzlies game last year, <laughs> coming up to us at Harmon's, coming up to us when we're playing golf. What are you hearing about Utah? Man, I really hope you guys are right. <clears throat> hey, what, what's your name? What's your name? Oh, yeah, I love your show. What's your name? Oh, Salt Lake Jake. Oh, yeah, you're the goon on Twitter I'm talking about. Like all these guys just coming out of the work. You guys are the best. I love your show. And then you're right back at it on Twitter. Like, get out of here. Get out of here, dude. Like, and I, please. Uh, Delaric, Cam Rising to Oregon next year. No. You know. Uh, Derek Roche, where on Twitter can I find these Ute fans? Ain't hard to find. Yeah, go look for it. <laughs> Bro. Uh, Gumby Fresh Out, Utah Twitter fans threaten Pokey on a regular basis. I'm sure they do. Uh, OG Gary, Utah fan is absolutely the worst on Twitter. Because <clears throat> the Garden Variety Ute fans fantastic. We, we've golfed yeah. with Utah fans. We've like played pickup with Utah. <clears throat> like Utah tough guy on Twitter is real. Yeah. They they, they want to be a badass and they want to, you know, the the you know, like you were saying, stepping down in the Big 12 or, you know, sitting here, sitting here ripping you know, BYU constantly, like just all this stuff, man. And it, and it just, you guys respectfully, you looked bad during 
realignment. You did. Yeah. You did. Absolutely. We're never going to the Big 12. So like we like when we were telling you, hey, we're talking to people at Utah who said they're going to hang on to the Pac-12 as long as they can until they need to go to the Big 12. Like we we were saying that regularly. Repeatedly. You're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Liar. Who's your source? Like just getting crazy about it. And then what happened? Oh, yeah, that's right. Utah hung on to the Pac-12 as long as they could until they had to go to the Big And Club. then you think all that goes away because you issued an, uh, an apology on Twitter. Okay. Wet Blanket says 100%. James says, I interact with Utah Pig Bus all the time. He's a cool dude. Until he's not. And then he apologized after that th whole thing happened. So I don't have a problem with him. I, Utah Pig Bus is is great. He is, he is, he is a, he is, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Johnny says, oh, Monty, you done shake the tree with the beehive in it. It don't care. Don't care. Uh, salty drunk. I take it you won't be headed to any Utah games anytime soon. Why not? Why not? See, that's the beautiful part about it. They all come up to us and want to be our best friends. Oh, your show's amazing, man. I love your show. I watch every day. <laughs> uh, Scott Sherabino. I hope I got that right. Uh, that's the truth. Delaric, uh, these are the same Utah fans saying we're no to the Big 12. Oh, hardcore. Yeah, 100%. Hard, 100%. Hardcore. Yeah. Hardcore. Never. I remember. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, is the past tense of tweet tweeted or twat? Could be. <laughs> Could be. Excellent question. Green Street. Sounds like Pig Bus and some other Utah Twitter people made Monty cry a few times. Oh, yeah. I shed tears over it. Oh, it was so painful to me. But you can't tell me I'm wrong. And by the way, the the point doesn't pass that you never comment on the show and you watch it all the time, and then you only comment when we're criticizing your fan base. So thanks for showing up. But again, Green Street, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, thanks for showing up. Where was all the support on Twitter when, oh, Utah went to the truck stop conference that stepped down? Where were all the people who said it was a step down? Oh, no, they switched gears and went to, oh, yeah, we're going to dominate BYU. We're coming to take everything you have please. It, come on. Uh, Aaron Wilson, Utah pig bus is funny. He is. I, I don't have a problem with pig bus. Daniel Dixon. It's why we, it's why I wanted Washington state over Utah, which was a normal, which was a normal talking point. Uh, you're spinning on your Twitter thumb, dude. No, I'm actually not. And if you're not happy about it, you don't have to be here. Like if you're just such a great, if you're such a great defender, again, tell me how I'm wrong. Yeah. Tell me how I'm wrong. I'm spinning on my Twitter thumb, Ron. Tell me how I'm wrong. Go ahead, explain to me how how great and ingratiating Utah football fan was on on Twitter during the whole you know Pac-12 meltdown thing. Then they were never going to step down. We were never stepping down to the Big Twelve. That never happened. That they haven't gone and attacked Cam Rising and attacked Kyle Whittingham and attacked everybody else. And they demand, I loved Utah Twitter. I demand answers on Cam Rising's health. I buy tickets. How many times? Have <laughs> you, I buy tickets. It doesn't mean you, you get access to somebody's personal health information, sir. But you buy tickets, please. How many times have you seen that? Lance Johnson, the better uh, they better step it up next year. You two will play competition week over week. And and you know what the funny thing is, Kyle Whittingham. I'll say it again. He's one of the best college football coaches in the country. Mm -hmm. I have no concern about Utah competing in the Big Twelve. Utah is going to do very well in the Big Twelve.
Yeah, and it's great to see Wits Fire being lit again. You yeah. know, honestly, it's it's a great it's a great thing to see. Yeah, Mike Smith, Utah Twitter fans hate America. Utah uh, Twitter fans pick their noses with the same hand they wipe with. Okay, that might be a, a little too much. It could be uh, Utah or Aaron Wilson. Utah fans on Twitter do suck. Y'all need to own it, and most of them do. Most of them do. That's the best part about it. They don't even try to hide from it. Most of them do. And it, it's it's really unfortunate because it, it it doesn't have to be that way. But I think Utah fan feels so disrespected and so overlooked because BYU gets all the attention. That's all you ever hear from Utah fan. Oh, they think they have this huge fan base. Well, you know, they do pull a million people every time they're on TV. It doesn't matter. That's because of the church. Well, it doesn't matter, like you just said, that they do pull them in. But because it doesn't matter why. They have a relationship with ESPN. A lot of people watch. A lot of people spend money on BYU football. It's never good enough. It is never good enough. Uh, Smallville sports cards. How do you think the Wolverine scandal plays out? I think Jim Harbaugh is going to get a four-game suspension. And I think that it will be the last three games of the regular season. And I think the Big Ten championship game. That's a guess. But we'll see. Uh, Green Street. Sad part about Monty's tantrum is that most of his followers are Utah fans. We've seen the polls. Dude, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Utah Twitter fan. Utah Ute fan on Twitter is a goon and an asshole. Tell me I'm wrong. See, the one thing you won't say is I'm wrong. You just keep. Hey, lobbing your insults and stuff. Tell me I'm wrong. I'll wait. Go ahead. Tell me I'm wrong, Green Street. Ron Nolan, tell me I'm wrong. You can't because I'm not. It's the reality of the situation, man. And, and, you, and that's the other thing you don't want to talk about. Utah may be our number one market, but it's far from our only market. <laughs> no. No. And Utah's not even our largest market anymore. So, I and listen... Okay, Green Street says, I am. I'm telling you, you're wrong. Cam isn't going to leave because of Utah Twitter. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. It's a it's a part of it. Is it in totality? No. There is a fracture between Cam and the, and, and the football program. But here's my question directly to you. Tell me again that Utah Ute on Twitter isn't a goon and an asshole. Tell me that Utah Ute fan on Twitter isn't roundly disliked by just about everybody else. Tell me that Utah Ute fan on Twitter doesn't only go on attack and make it personal and insult every other fan base. And then when you see him in person, like, man, I love your show. Your show's great. Best show. Oh, my God. And then right back. Oh, I walked up to him and he wouldn't tell me his sources. That quite literally has happened. So again, is it the only reason he's going to leave? No, it's not. But if you really think all the attacking you goons and assholes did on Twitter didn't play a role in him making that statement that ultimately drove a much larger wedge between Cam and the football program, do you really think Kyle Whittingham wanted Cam Rising making a statement about his health and the depths of his knee injury? That seems so Kyle Whittingham, right, that he would just expose all kinds of health information and availability of his players. You really think Kyle Whittingham wanted that? No, he didn't want that. No, he didn't. 
And if you don't think that the public pressure that was applied to Cam, don't forget the part where Utah fan on Twitter, the goon in the asshole, went after Cam Rising's family too. Yeah, don't forget that part. We remember that part too. Oh, but no, we're great. We we love our Utes. Go Utes. Yeah, until you don't know what's going on with his knee, which is none of your business. Oh, yeah, but we'll just attack his his family. Yeah, Green Street, keep lobbing insults. Yep, you just sound like a jaded ex-girlfriend. But again, you can't tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Because that's exactly what happened. And the problem is nobody else in this small little town is willing to tell you that. Because they're so scared you're going to turn off the radio, which nobody listens to anyway. I don't have to be scared, man. I don't have to be scared. As Dion says, you didn't make me, so you're not breaking me. So you want to call me a jaded ex-girlfriend? Cool, dude. But you can't tell me. I sifted through all that. But you can't tell me I'm wrong. Because Utah fan, you did that. Yeah. You called the Big 12 a step down. You said you were never going. We're never leaving the Pac-12. The Pac-12's never melting down. We're a great academic institution. And then it moved from there to BYU sucks and the Mormons are terrible. By the way, your head coach is, is a very strong Mormon man. Very, very devout Mormon believer. Yeah, but the Mormons suck. It's all BYU in the church, right? Yeah, forget about all that. Dude, I mean... Yeah, hey, Utah fan doesn't like to talk about Witt's beliefs. We can just keep on going. <laughs> you can call me a jaded ex-girlfriend, but you can't tell me I'm wrong. You can't tell me I'm wrong. So knock yourself out. Uh, Green Street. What Utah fan went after Cam and his fam? It's on Twitter. I'm not going to... I'm not, uh, Dude, it's easy to find. Yeah. <laughs> Go look at it. Get on Instagram. Go look at the comments in his posts. Like, are you serious? And, yeah. Go look at it. I, I'm just telling you, Green Street. Now we're going to argue the veracity of Cam's injury. Exact, you're making my point. He got cleared to practice. He shouldn't have practiced. That creates all of this. Who cares? Who cares? What does that got to do with you being goons and assholes on Twitter and social media? You want to argue the merits? Hey, it's none of your business. His knee injury is none of your business. His health is none of your business. You understand that? It's none. Oh, but I buy tickets of your business. I'm a Crimson Club. It's none of your business. By the way, did you tell Cam about your colonoscopy or your broken arm or your heart stint or your high cholesterol? Oh, you didn't? Yeah, because it's none of his business. But you bought tickets. And his his knee injury is none of your business. Yet you goons and assholes went after him on social media. And you went after the coach and you went after everybody. And we deserve to know. Again, tell me I'm wrong. None of that happened? You, you guys weren't DMing his family? Yeah, you were. We've seen them. Yeah, you were. Please. The problem here is 99.9% .9 of Utah Ute fans are amazing. And I mean across the board. Note I didn't say football fans. Utah Ute fans. Look how much support the basketball program still gets. Look at the women's program. Look at the women's softball run last year to the World Series. Sold out. Packed buildings. You're fantastic. It's this little sliver 
that just ruins it for everybody. Yeah, and you know why they ruin it for everybody? Because it's online. It's on everyone's phone, so everyone can see it. <laughs> and that's the hard part. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that you just won't embrace it. Yet you want to sit here and say uh, the up-in-the-air BS given because uh, the Utah fan outrage. Utah fan is reactionary. It So, again, I'm just asking you, why is it any of your business? What's going on with his – why should he have to have a press conference? Did you have a press conference for your colonoscopy? Well, you know, that colonoscopy, I'll tell you what <laughs> – they found a couple of polyps. Now they snipped them. They sent them out. We're waiting for the, you know, we're waiting for the the labs to come back. But I got to tell you, I'm, the last dump I took was amazing. Nah, but I'm kind of day to day right now. So I'll let you guys know tomorrow. Did you have a press conference for that? Oh, you didn't? I wonder why. Oh, because it's none of our business. Or is it that you're more upset that you have nobody behind Cam and you're not going to bowl games and you're not going to the college football playoff. And so then you got all pissed off that the Pac-12 melted down, and now you're in the Big 12. I think it's just really unfortunate. Yeah. Because Cam Rising deserved better. He gave his physical well-being to you, and this is what you did with it. Yeah, and I, and I still maintain it would be an absolute travesty if he ever plays for another program, which I think will happen now. Uh Brandon Butler, I hope it's just rumor Rising was still on the sidelines this weekend. I think Cam Rising is going to do absolutely nothing to disrupt what's going on at Utah. Yeah, he won't He won't rock the boat, but the offseason, yeah, that's He's, when things will happen. He is out for the year. Yeah. He is not going to play this year. No, he went on game day. And what was he talking about? He was trying to clear the air and talk about just how significant his knee injury was. Why does he have to do that? I, I, yeah. We as fans are terrible. We're, we're, it, it, we're called fanatics for a reason. Um, they love our Utes only when they're good. When we were, where were they when we were eight and four, seven and five, nine and three? So now we're champs and now they want to be rah-rah. I would agree with that. But some of this comes, you to be successful, you have to understand how to handle success. Because you're only at the top of the mountain for so long. Look at what's going on at Clemson. Hmm. Look at all team SRT at Georgia. Right? Like you, you, you win and you have to learn how to deal with success. Look at Colorado. Jeez. Yeah, it, absolutely true. Aaron Wilson, Green Street is mad. This is Lubbock, Texas, Texas test based show. I can tell you right now, our largest markets. Utah is our largest state. Our largest markets are Dallas and Houston, Los Angeles, Phoenix. Like, we were looking at this today. We were just talking about this. Like, Boise, Boise, we have more listeners in Boise, Idaho than we have in Salt Lake City. And we still have, I, I think on a monthly basis, we have over half a million listeners in Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Dakota Tubbs, maybe BYU gets the attention because they have a natty and y'all don't. Well, no, nah, I don't think that's why I'm Utah, Utah is the original BCS buster. Yeah. Let's, not, let's not forget what Kyle Whittingham's done at Utah. You're back-to-back Pac-12 champions. I think there's a lot of red assery over the fact you haven't won the Rose Bowl. And that Ohio State loss hurts. Totally get it. 
but the success you have now is unparalleled in Pat, even back in urban and the BCS and this, the domination that you showed over SC, the domination you've showed over Los Angeles, Arizona, you've dominated, but you paid a heavy price for that. And the average Utah fan is fantastic. It's this small 1% and the squeaky wheel gets, gets all the grease, dude. All the grease. Uh, a couple more on this because we do need to keep rolling. Uh, Green Street Utes. I haven't seen on Twitter anything from a Utah fan towards Cam and his family. Check Instagram. There's more social media. Social media. It's a wild. It's it's a wild take without evidence. It Dude, is, the evidence is in plain sight, guy. Be better. Be Green better. Street, I, I, Green Street. I don't. Ex, I don't expect you to own it. I don't. I don't. And again, you're. Your fallacy falls to quit. Knock yourself out. It's all good. Maury Alvarez, Utah families of players should be off limits. I thought you sucked for going after other teams. And you do. Uh, now you suck worse for going after your other pl our players. Yeah, you're our player. The funny thing is, is none of this would have happened if Utah fan would have simply accepted the fact he had a significant knee injury less than a year ago. Yeah. Less than a year ago. And if you could have understood, he'd probably be playing right now. You would probably have him right now. You may have had him this, this, this on this team two weeks ago, but I think it caused so much consternation because of, uh, of the absolute oppressive, oppressive nature of social media that there was no way around it. No way around it. Uh, hello, Billy. Uh, Green Street obviously needs to find a safe space because it ain't here. And that's the thing. It's not like everybody agrees with you. N nobody agrees with you on this. And it, it just it just never had to happen. That's all I'm saying. I, I Again, I wholeheartedly and passionately dislike you, fan, on Twitter. There are a few... Ex I, I love Utah Pig Bus. I, I truly do. He actually messaged me and said, I'm sorry. I got it wrong. We were, that was done, squashed. As soon as he said that, I was like, oh, it's all good. It's all good. We're good. We're good. And, but you just can't expect that from the average Ute on Twitter. No. You, you can't, you can't. So it's fine. All right. Uh, the Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Uh, join the advocates and heroes of hope this Thanksgiving season as they raise money for less fortunate families. And man, I am so thankful to everybody today, uh, who has donated. And if I, if I look at the comments, I just look at how many people stepped up. Um, and I, I look at guys like Hellabilly, Boss Frog, uh, Jim R. Lance, Brandon Butler, Kevin the Destroyer, Aaron Wilson, Mike Smith, Cougar Tracks, Big Daddy Magic, um, Erica Cottle, who even talked about how good looking I am, uh, James, the unofficial mayor of Cowboy Country, uh, Bear Down Cats. Um, like, I just, I really appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Did I read these? Delaric said, Cam rising to Oregon next year. Please do not say that out loud. Uh, these are some Utah fans saying no to the Big 12. I think I did. Derek Roche, thanks for telling it like it is, like always. Appreciate you. Uh, Lamont, 
Tucker, who's been a member for seven months, Lamont. Okay, Lamont. Let's go. Okay. Michigan is in a world of trouble. Yes, they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And again, I just want to, uh, if you did not see the update on Michigan, it, I mean, it's its crazy. Um, first of all, their athletic director, Ward Manuel, is not going to partake in the college football playoff committee meeting uh, to vote on the rankings tomorrow. He's not going to Dallas. He released a statement saying he has to stay in Ann Arbor to attend to the ongoing uh, investigation of the football department. That's number one. And then just this evening, uh, Ross Dellinger from Yahoo Sports, the NCAA notified the Big Ten that there are no known connections between Ohio State coach Ryan Day or his family and the organization's uh, investigation into Michigan. So the NCAA told the Big Ten that there is no connection between the NCAA's investigation and Ohio State, Ryan Day, or his family, which is exactly what we told you last week. Yeah. I mean, those are two, just on their face, are two massive updates. So uh, always appreciate you guys. If you have not, please hit the like button. Give us a subscribe. Um, Lance, what did Lance do? He gave us $20. Uh, goodbye, Jake, and this is for the advocates. Oh, Appreciate you, Lancey. You guys are amazing. And again, the advocates, theadvocates.com, they are working with uh, Heroes of Hope this Thanksgiving to provide for families who cannot provide Thanksgiving for their for themselves. Thanks so much for the donations. There is the Advocates uh, Venmo, Advocates donations on Venmo, or you can just DM or you can contribute to the show. We'll happily pass it on. The Monty Show, as always, presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Until tomorrow, love you, Utah Twitter fans. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.